part three of our Kid Nation rewatch on Rob Has a Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Echelon Fit, the evolution of fitness. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Of course, it's uh, 2021. You uh, want to get out there and try to get back in shape at the start of the new year. Maybe you're eating uh, too many fried potatoes, want to get back in an exercise routine, Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and the Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. The EX7S, that's Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX7S is a connected bike that is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX7S is the bike for competitors at heart. The world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. They're better motivators than the leaders in Kid Nation in Bonanza City for sure. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash R-H-A-P. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash R-H-A-P. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesterino back here to talk about a, another round of Kid Nation on the RHAP Rewind as we are taking a look at the 2007 series Kid Nation in five installments. This here is number three. If you've missed either part one or part two, go to robinswebsitecom slash kidnation1 or kidnation2 to hear our first two installments. But we are back here once again to talk about all of the political maneuverings, everything going on with the, the environment, and much more in Bonanza City here with my co-host. Please welcome back the great Phil Thompson. Phil, how are you? What's up, Rob? I'm doing okay. You know, I just spent the last 30 minutes, you know, just like cleaning my room, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, just because I'm a good person, not not because I want to win a gold star or anything like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, did you make up any potatoes for us here today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fried potatoes. Um, you know, they cost, you know, two bucks, though, two bucks uh, for a fried potato in case you, want, okay. you guys want any. Well worth it. I'm so excited here today because uh, we have a great guest to talk about Kid Nation with that I had asked this person to join us. Uh, you know, we have not recently on the podcast that we do together watched many TV shows together recently. So I thought, well, why not get somebody here to help us watch three episodes, five, six, seven of Kid Nation. He is a man with three and a half podcasts and four kids. Please welcome the co-host of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast, the great Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? Rob, it's been so long since we've spoken. Yeah. Um, what an honor to be on, you know, a non-Renat podcast on the on the main feed. Um, it's been and a minute. I have to... I, yeah, it has... I, I was trying to think the last time it, 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 I was on one. It's been a while. But I also have to say, uh, thank you for making me watch seven episodes of the show today. 
<laughs> I know. Uh, you have to take a break from Among Us playing uh, mm-hmm. to watch seven hours of Kid Nation, but we appreciate it. And luckily, yeah, it was worth it, right? Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, you were like, hey, do you want to come on next week? I'm like, sure. I remember watching Kid Nation. I mm-hmm. liked the show at the time. I, I'll probably have takes on it. But I didn't realize, like, oh, yeah, it's like an hour show. The first episode is very long. Because I, I probably could have come on and pretend that I watched the first, like, four episodes. Yeah. Do you think you would have caught me had I done that? I don't think so. I, I wouldn't have called you out on it. Like, uh, what, are you, what are you talking about, Akiva? Mike didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I, I probably could have got away with it, especially if I, like, read the Wikipedia stuff. But mm-hmm. I went the other direction. I watched all seven episodes. I only didn't finish it, A, because I ran out of time, and B, because then I would have maybe accidentally spoiled stuff. Yeah, don't I haven't but seen I, it yet. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't remember 90% of it. And I'm not sure I made it the whole way either back yeah. in 07. Yeah. 07. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I did a deep dive on where everyone is now. Oh, and, and okay. I, I'm, I'm all in. Great. Uh, very Beautiful. excited. And even if you're not, deal with it. Isn't that the best comeback to anything? It is. It is a. It's a great catchphrase. (laughs) It's perfect for just you know holding political power. No matter what, you can just say "deal with it," and then everyone else has to deal with it. I guess that's just the rules. (laughs) Yeah, boy, I I think that we're going to find some uh, correlations between life in Bonanza City and uh, life in America in 2021 here as we take a look at these three episodes. Yeah, really. We cover, you know, the environment, you know, we're covering greed. Of course, yeah. of course, you know, political corruption is the biggest thing. Like, it, it's, a, it's the perfect time to be watching um, Kid Nation right now. Just watch the transition to power. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of a microcosm for society Bonanza City was in 2007, but yeah, uh, it hits different here in 2021. <laughs> Kid Nation. I mean, it's, ahead, it's ahead of its time, right? There's a lot of like capitalism talk sort of in this episode, not directly, but yeah, you know, it certainly it, it certainly is like an important issue. And uh, this, uh, you know, one of the episodes today, I think uh, in particular, right, where they were where, like, we rank the presidents and one of them, <laughs> one of them calls George W. Bush a dummy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, uh, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh we're gonna talk about all this uh very, very excited episodes uh five six seven and episode five is entitled viva la revolution and we are talking about politics in kid nation we are going to have a re-election for all of the incumbent town council members and phil uh yeah this this got wild yeah, it really did. Because, you know, you start the season with, you know, they give us four leaders. There's no election. There's no choice that anybody has. Yeah. And so we're kind of wondering, you know, where is this going to go? And then this is the episode where all that boiling frustration of, you know, the last two weeks we've been talking about this show has totally built up. And now, you know, the lid has flown off and the kids are starting an uprising. The yes. kids are pissed. Now, Keith, did you watch these episodes with your family? No, I, I just, it would have been too much. My wife would have got too mad if I like, all right, everyone sit down. We're watching seven, <laughs> you know, s- you know, six hours basically of Kid Nation today. I, I tried to. It was overruled. So like the kids could actually like do Zoom school and stuff. Yeah. Did you have any takes coming in about the core four? Well, yeah. Uh, first of all, I do think this show does a decent line compared to a lot of other like heavy handed overproduced reality shows of not really stepping in. Which sometimes shows that like slower things happen, more um, like married at first sight, or like shows mm-hmm. that are like a little bit slower and less the bachelor. Do you watch or, like, that ev- show? 
I've seen it, but I, okay. but it's like boring, and and like that's how you know that it's but not that's like my super next overproduced. Today. Yeah, it's very boring, but <laughs> at times, but like that also shows that like not everything is scripted versus yeah. a show where every second is scripted, like maybe some of the Real Housewives or mm-hmm. The Bachelor, and and I think they do it here, but the, when they cho- by them choosing the core four, it didn't make any sense to me because they should have immediately had what shows like Survivor have done and like have an immediate election for you know each of the of the four groups of 10 pick a like a captain or a leader immediately yeah instead of the producers picking the most interesting people even though they probably whiffed on a couple of them yeah i would say phil if we were going to go back and then redraft the core four of people that they came in with i mean they certainly they they 10 out of 10 they nailed it on taylor uh but what about the other three uh mike anjay and laurel as the original leaders yeah, well, you know, I think we, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Where I have a general confusion of why they chose Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, just I, I, you know, he's funny, he's good TV, but I don't know if he's like the Taylor Vane. And I feel he's like he's so you know, high he, strong. He's just like that's the, the the amazing thing about Kid Nation is, especially in this part, the, these last these three episodes that we're, we watched. You know, these kids are like slowly morphing into just like really like pissed off adults in a way they've just ha- they just have grown <laughs> frustrations <laughs> um but but you know i see why they picked laurel you know laurel's not the greatest tv but also mm-hmm. like she's better than a lot of the kids and i think laurel is like a fantastic leader and you know anjay is another one person where you know he's very smart um and he, you know, he knows his presence and everything like that, but I'm not sure if he was a good choice for the leader. Maybe that's where the drama comes in, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So we go to our pioneer journal. Uh, the winds of change are blowing in Bonanza city time for district elections. Each district is going to have to go ahead and elect a new leader. Akiva, do you think that they should have switched up the districts in addition to choosing new leaders? Um, I guess they could have. I, I do think it's confusing. So one of my issues with the show in general is they obviously chose too many kids, right? Mm-hmm. There's 40 kids on the show is a completely insane decision. But I, I know that you want to make it like it seem seem like it's a town. And I'm sure they had this discussion. But I don't see how you go higher than, say, 24. Because even, you know, you watch reality shows and yeah. they'll have, you know, The Bachelor or Bachelorette maybe starts with 30, but they're down to a much lower number than that by the end of the first night. Survivor, if they start at 20, nobody knows, you know, who's who the first couple of weeks, um, if they're new players. 40 is crazy because there are people, um, who will never get a confessional mm-hmm. or, or a, <laughs> I, I think there's two or three of the 40 that never speak on camera during, during the series. Even. Like, there's too many people. So now if you're talking about mixing that, mixing up the teams, I think it's still too early, even though we're, you know, over halfway confusing. done by the end of tonight. Yeah. Phil, do you think they felt more kids would leave? No, well, I actually don't know if they really wanted any kids to leave. You know, they never know. But I actually think that 40 people for this show is the perfect amount because, you know, who really cares if if we meet all of them? You know what I mean? I just want to meet the main and and also from a casting perspective, like I feel like they didn't really know, okay, this kid is going to be good. He's going to pop on TV, you know, this or, you know, she's going to do good after 30 days of just starving, you know? So it it was good that they, you know, picked 40 kids and they said, all right, at least 10 of these kids are going to pop at least, you know, as long as we get some people that are good, who cares? And, you know, I know it sucks to sometimes not see people, you know, in a confessional and stuff like that, but if you're boring, you're boring. You know, it's good that we, we were given an option mm-hmm. of some some kind of sort. 
Okay, so we're going to hear some new uh, campaign speeches from people that are they're working on uh, overthrowing their own incumbent district leaders. So the only person that's going to uh, run unopposed is Laurel. She's going to be fine. Uh, Phil, were you surprised? No, not at all. That's the thing. That's how amazing Laurel is. Just like, and I, I keep going back to this, but like if this was Survivor, you know, I think Laurel would be one of my winner picks. You know, yeah. this episode also is very, you know, strategic. And I think, you know, even the way that Laurel, because, you know, after they announce there's an, there's going to be a reelection, Laurel brings her entire team into the room and they're like, and she literally says, yeah. does anyone want to oppose me? And, you know, I think it's kind of like a little bit of a power move where it's like, you know, is anyone going to step up? No, no, because I'm the greatest, you know, and I think she does a great job at that. Yeah. Akiva, is this maybe more akin to getting primaried here for these other district leaders? I think it's a lot like that. It's also interesting that they only allow one person. You know, there's a lot of, I guess, behind the scenes, like producer mm-hmm. machinations here, but like. They only allow one person to primary, like you say, the 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 town council members, which I mean, with 10 people and everyone voting for themselves, um, the three pe- three or more people in an election would get very, very silly, probably mm-hmm. uh, where you could win with like a block of, you know, three or four. But I think, um, yeah, I also think because spoiler, the other three winners are guys. They were probably like, all right, we need a woman. Nobody's going up against Laurel. Mm-hmm. We can't have like four four men knock out women basically were. Or, you know, end up with four guys on the town council. We need a little bit more balance. No one's going up against Laurel, guys. I wonder if there was, like, some kind of logic in, you know, the idea that, you know, because the team leaders don't really, they can't award themselves gold stars. So I'm wondering if there's some kids that were maybe, oh. you know, thinking about it and then were like, you know what? But I could still win a gold star. Maybe I won't be a leader. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like that might also have gone into the kids' heads. But they they pr- probably was, like, primaried by producers. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very good point. By Phil also, because in hindsight, I'm sure every kid who was on the show who uh, after they get off the show, if they're not if they realize like, hey, I was, you know, half the time or the whole time I was one of the town council members, I was essentially never eligible to win the gold star. It's really especially if you're a public person like Mm -hmm. all those people had they stepped down except for maybe like a tailor, you know, had a real shot probably at winning gold star if they were just in the town. Mm -hmm. So you're really costing yourself like 20 grand by. You know, just for like a little bit of extra screen time. Yeah, emergent gameplay for Kid Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they all regretted it. Their parents came home and they were like, oh, I'm going to be on TV. And, yeah. you know, I was in town council. I was like, what do you get to do? Like, well, <laughs> I got to tell them to go to sleep at 930. Uh, by the way, everyone in my bunk won 20 grand except for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was the one that gave it to them. So in yeah. the red district, uh, Mike is going to get primaried here by Guylin. Guylin, I do not recall Guylin appearing uh, in the first four episodes of the series. <laughs> Phil, did Guylin have any plot before this? He had no plot. I remember we saw him once. I think he was also just complaining about Mike or something like that. But mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty about Kid Nation. You were ta- we were talking about how it was like lost earlier, where, you know, people kind of come in and out. Like suddenly Guylin's going to be a character in the show. Yeah. And, you know, after that, you know, maybe he might drift off again. But that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. You yeah. guys like Guylin? What do you guys think? I like him. I, I like his look. I like his uh, his headband. He comes out. He's kind of a populist. He's like, uh, like, hey, I'm the man of the people. Unlike Mike. Yeah, it is funny. I went to Guylin's, uh, like, I looked all these people up on social media after. Yeah. And Guylin, I feel like he's still, like, the same guy. <laughs> he's like, Republicans suck and Democrats suck. Like, just listen to me. Um, <laughs> oh. It, it was like, um, by the way, I do have a game for you, uh, yes. you guys, after this, called uh, 
who did everyone on Kid Nation vote for? We can play that at the end. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. We won't actually do that. Um, but, um, yeah, I do. I, I, I do. Uh, Phil's right. I don't believe Gallen has spoke, uh, maybe more than one word. I, and, and that is one of the interesting things on the show. Like, we will meet people the entire series in basically every episode who you've never seen but before. But he's everywhere and, now. He's like, he's yeah, like a new yeah, lead he on the show. A main, he becomes a main character. I would, I'm curious because, like, you know that the, sh- that the show had to have some hand in, like, who are going to be the mm-hmm. town council because they're such, so much bigger of a, of a part of the show than, than pretty much, you know, the, every, all the other 36 and co are like fighting for screen time. He, so he, it seems questionable at first, but I feel like by the end of these three episodes, it makes sense why Gylan's there. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if you were like, if you were boring on TV with the producers, just be like, no, you're not going to become team leaders oh, regardless sure. of what, what, what you want. <laughs> you're not going to, that's not a choice <laughs> for you. All right. <laughs> Over in the blue district, Anjay is going to get challenged by Olivia and Phil. Olivia seems to really hate Anjay for some reason. Oh, well, I think that's <laughs> watching Olivia find out like a perfect way to piss Anjay off and Anjay just not being able. I think, you know, I think Anjay needs to go to like anger management or something <laughs> like that. Like, I remember we got a scene where, you know, Anjay, after Olivia, you know, announces that she's going to oppose Anjay, you know, Anjay's getting really stressed out about and Anjay's in the kitchen, like literally staring at the corner. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Ugh, leave me alone right now. I need time to think. And then she just comes up to him and she's like, okay, Amjay, I'm running up. I'm running against you, just so you know. And she walks away and he's like, shut up. Like he just, <laughs> she knows exactly how to get to him. It's, it's pretty hilarious to just watch Andre, you know, scared in his boots for a little bit. <laughs> how disappointed do you think Olivia? Cause Olivia is the older sister to Mallory, right? I believe they're the only yes, siblings yes. here. Yeah. And Mallory's already won a, a gold star in, in an episode you guys talked about. Last week, right? Yeah, Mal- yeah. Mallory's much younger. Olivia, I don't know how old she is, but Mallory's like one of the younger. Like twelve younger and eight, there. I think, is like yeah, the age it's twelve and eight. Yeah. yeah, and um, and like Olivia gets like one of the biggest villain edits of the whole series, right? <laughs> She's like has no real reason to hate Andre. She just hates him, even when he like offers like a, you know a peace offering here. She's like like f you basically immediately. <laughs> so I, I like her sisters coming home with you know a positive edit and 20 grand and olivia is like a complete failure to her parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i don't know i think anjay is not you know again like he he, he's smart but i don't think he's the greatest leader you know i remember earlier in the episode we got you know anjay waking everybody up and he literally just went into everyone's room and he was like if you don't get get up in 15 minutes i'm gonna get the megaphone and i'm gonna yell at you what megaphone where are you getting (laughs) your megaphone from (laughs) <laughs> the, the town council also has no power, right? That's one of their issues. Yeah, like, and, it's really Taylor's issue is like they are toothless. Like they there's no way it's not like the old school real world where they can like vote someone out, which it should, would be an interesting thing. But I think because they're kids, they don't do it. Like mm-hmm. there's no real mechanism. I'm sure if somebody was unsafe, but like to get rid of someone who's completely useless, like Taylor can just never do anything and she could stay if she wants. Mm-hmm. And. In the Yellow District, we have a big-time matchup. All eyes are on Yellow District because Zach, who's really come alive here in the last episode or so, from out of nowhere, we didn't know him in the first couple episodes, but here he is, and he is going to step to Taylor. And he's got a a big speech for Taylor, and he ultimately is going to talk about how she's uh, she's not working, and he turns things around on her and says, uh, and Taylor, if you don't like it, in your own words... Deal with it! <laughs> and everybody goes nuts. The crowd is going wild. Uh, Taylor, 
was not impressed. Yeah, that was a good speech, but it's not the best I've ever heard. Yeah, wasn't the best ever. Oh, yeah, Taylor, I mean, she's so stuck in her ways. She's never going to, you know, think anything. If someone's criticizing her, she's not going to agree with it. Um, You know, Zach in this episode, he he looks kind of like like Andrew Cuomo's like nephew or something like that. He kind of has th- that look to him. I don't know. And Zach's speech too, like, you know, he was kind of just like pacing around. He was really working the room. He knows how to get to these people. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, Zach, Zach did a good job. He, it reminded me of like. He was doing like a monologue in like like a kid's like school play or something like that, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Akiva, Zach was really like a perfect candidate to run against Taylor. Yeah, I do love the Zach Canison even gets like the like the like the fun music behind him, like mm-hmm. the uplifting music as he's giving the speech. They make it seem like it's the greatest speech in this movie world. It does like peter out a little bit, but it is really good. <laughs> and of course, Taylor's basically like her speech is like, F you guys, I'm staying president because i have the votes we did we never found out what happened in case of a tie because it could have easily been by mm-hmm. five right i think it was an equal amount of boys yeah. and girls there the well, tie goes to the town council well, taylor feels confident because uh she has her other pageant girls and she feels like that she has like this voting block so it's sort of like okay well i have the majority in the yellow district so i'm bulletproof you can't do anything to me and i'm gonna be able to still be taylor I'll let Taylor be Taylor, and she's going to just do her own thing, and there's nothing that Zach can do about it. Yeah, that's kind of like the one thing I really liked about this episode in particular is that there was kind of like a little bit of like wheeling and dealing where the kids mm-hmm. are like, all right, I got my numbers, you know. It's like watching these kids, you know. I feel like some of them also pr- have probably like seen Survivor before and they're like, all right, well, you know, Taylor, yeah, the way Taylor was talking about her alliance was like, you know, I got my five and, you know, five versus four is out or whatever, you know. So she's thinking, you know, I'm going to be able to totally clench this no matter what. Yeah, I have in my notes, Zach reads taylor to filth in front of the (laughs) group you know all these speeches though they were like even zach's everybody's was just like i'm gonna do better i'm the best and i'm i know the people that's what they all were like (laughs) no one was really reinventing the wheel with any of these political speeches you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah right why were they all doing so bad till now like every every right every speech was i'm gonna do better i'm actually gonna do some work now I guess there was like no incentive for the, uh, for especially with no gold stars for the town council members to actually pitch in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's get to our showdown in this episode. Keep you like the showdowns. Um, I, I think they're fine. I'm, I'm not super invested really in who is the, you know, the upper class and who the merchants are and, and, and everything like that. I think. The competitions themselves sometimes are good, and the reward <laughs> part after it is usually interesting, even though, spoiler alert, uh, the kids, as of the end of this episode, have still never picked the fun thing, right? <laughs> they're o- they're, they've only, the, the producers must have been shocked. They have not made a practical decision. They've only made the practical decision so far, right? They have not picked the fun thing yet. Not yet. Not Their yet. parents are watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are they doing with these kids? Are they Phil, they didn't give these kids toothbrushes that they have like basically like they have like a handful of like baking soda and they're just like shoving it in their mouth. I guess. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that they like, why can't they bring toothbrushes? Kids like, drink soda on. all day long. That's all they do for fun <laughs> in this town. No, to, they couldn't like, uh, oh, no, it won't be faithful to Bonanza City if we give these kids uh, some scope. 
Yeah, like, I don't care if these kids brush their teeth or not. Like, let them brush their teeth. It's okay. You know, I'm not, like, concerned about the authenticity of, you know, preserving Bonanza City. You know, yeah, it's it's totally fine. Yeah. I don't care. Every one of these kids needs to win a $20,000 gold star for the uh, emergency dental proceedings that will need to go on after 40 straight days of Coca-Cola on their unwashed teeth. Root beer. Yeah. <laughs> Root beer. Yeah, is it There's beer? no, like... Yeah, no, there's no like dental class or anything like that either. Like, there's no way that, you know, they're going to be doing checkups on each other or anything like that. Like, you yeah. know, you think the high class should have gotten a toothbrush? I think so. Yeah, at least everybody would have yeah. got a turn properly at some point to brush it their teeth. It makes more sense. There should be like a more pampered a place for the, for like the higher class to live. I think that makes sense for the, like the structure of the show. Because mm-hmm. really everything true. looks the same. I don't know. Are they even like sleeping in separate? bunks that's not even clear to me where everyone's sleeping it's just yeah separated by boys and girls but are there eight different bunks like every color every i think every, so yeah so i think it's bunks? i think it's eight different because you know mm-hmm. boys and girls are split up but yeah like that is a good point akiva there should be like an hoh room like upper class yeah. should really be like living it you know like they, they get paid but like we never really care about how much money they True. get paid mm-hmm. really so it's just like you know yeah they should totally there should be like people coming in giving them like massages or something like that mm-hmm. like they should be all out <laughs> maybe not massages maybe no massages <laughs> for uh, something the i don't know, I don't know. Yeah. something yeah but well, what but if they I, were maybe, child masseuse yeah that, by the way that's another of my takes maybe the host beds. should be a kid yeah the host <laughs> yeah, should be a kid <laughs> yeah the host the host is bad right akiva I, I mean, I watched seven episodes of the show today, and if you gave me four choices for his name, Jonathan, I could not. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I would. It would be twenty. I would have a twenty five percent chance of getting it. He's not atrocious. He just very much blends into the scenery. He's very he's stiff. Not, he, yeah, he's very stiff. He's not actively bad, but he's not good at all. And I mean, he literally. And this is partially the producer's part. I mean, they literally have him say the exact same things every okay. single kid. Yeah. Here's what we're doing for the showdown today. Like even verbatim, the 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 like it's worth its weight in gold thing. He gives the same speech every single it's week. It's two pounds, and it's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> it just I, makes I, me think about like how much better like Jeff Probst obviously is. Like mm-hmm. not to jump ahead, but mm-hmm. like when they announced the barbecue, you know, Jeff Probst would have been like chicken. Hot dogs, sizzling yeah. burgers, you know, and, and he's like, you guys have a barbecue. No. <laughs> Phil, this is what he called it. It's a political party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a the way to get kids to pick it. Get it? Kids? Because <laughs> this know, is that- the politics episode. yeah it's like that's what i like that's like kindergarten logic of like you know when i was in kindergarten that's what i thought like a political party was like the fourth of july or something like that like that's why they set up the pinatas and stuff that was so ridiculous yeah they set up the pinatas and then they uh, you know had to go out and then go collect like president uh trading cards and then you had like one person at the end who had to put the cards uh in order akiva would you have been able to do this could you put seven presidents in order I mean, they all got Bush one and Bush two, so like they really only had to do five in order. Yeah. So the really there's the only and usually like the first couple like like Washington or whatever, uh, or someone at the very beginning they would know. So there's really only like one mistake you could make. Usually, it's usually like all right, who was first? You know, Truman or Roosevelt or something like there. Mm-hmm. There's it's really just in that middle. Mm-hmm. I could have done most of them, but I don't know every president in order. Yeah, Phil, would you have been able to do this? Uh, like. 
I would have tried and I think I would have been okay. You know, the, yeah, you got the Bushes, you got George Washington, Lincoln, you know, you get some yeah. of the main ones, you can kind of figure it out from there. And, you know, I'm surprised that, I mean, not surprised because some of these kids are just brilliant. Like I, you know, I, Andre knows them, like Zach knows them, like so mm-hmm. these kids, you know, like this is like, if they're going to know anything, like kids should know the presidents or like prodigy, smart kids should, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's good. This would have been tough. To figure it out. This would have been tough. Yeah. Um, was it Andre who was uh, so good at this that uh, he earned uh, this slam? But just because he knows his presidents doesn't mean he's the best leader. I mean, look at George W. Bush. He's not smart at all, but he won the U.S. president two times in a row. <laughs> yeah akiva you think george w bush was uh watching this and hearing like these uh 10 year old girls make fun of him and he's like hey not cool that's a weird part about a weird part about being president right like, <laughs> you got you got little kids roasting on tv the better question is could george w bush or most presidents do the presidents in order but mm-hmm. he gave him seven cards <laughs> probably not i bet the, i bet there are there are some that could, that could do it. I mean, that's a long list to do it in order. It's a long list. And also, the, I feel like there's probably a lot of pictures up in their house. They could, they're probably being reminded of them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was also Zach. But, but yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Zach being able to figure out exactly where, where the presidents were, of course, it doesn't really matter. But it, it was a good look for him. You know, it was mm-hmm. good for, you know, everyone to be like, all right, you know, Zach knows his presidents. He might be able to do this. I don't know. Yeah, that, that wasn't yeah. going to come from Taylor also. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. She she loves Bush, and we all know. I mean, we don't know who she voted for, but <laughs> we have an idea. So, all right, decision time, kids. All right, we're gonna have two options. The kids they got they they got the thing done in enough time, so they get okay behind door number one. Burgers, hot dogs, a political party. Okay, this is a we got a real barbecue. Ready to go. Or we have dental hygiene, uh, toothbrushes and toothpaste. Akiva, what would you have selected? I obviously take the burger in that situation. I think that it's really, um, there's almost no, no nothing that's happened in the first seven episodes where I'm taking the practical thing over, <laughs> the, except for the bathrooms. Like the bathroom situation is so bad, I get it. They, we don't we don't know where they shower also, right? I don't think we've learned that if they have like actual showers because they just have porta potties for bathrooms at this point, I think. Phil, do you know anything about this? I don't. I actually I, I don't remember an interview or anything. Yeah, ask Melissa. <laughs> um I mean they probably are are they showering, to be honest? Like if they're mm-hmm. washing their clothes, I hope they're I hope they're showering. Um Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> you know who was really pumped up for the barbecue was uh, Mike. Uh, that he he really he really wanted the barbecue. Uh, they select the dental health with the dental health. No. <laughs> yeah, you know Taylor was really you know she was like you know you know we can, we can have meat whenever we want and then Mike's like we actually can't and then she's like kill a chicken <laughs> knowing that Mike is not killing no chicken <laughs> Mike's well, yeah Mike's not killing a chicken yeah. I do think every single time Taylor was team fun in terms of what the prize should be I don't think ever any time Akiva did she ever vote for the practical thing uh yeah no Taylor's shtick is that yeah, she's always it could be like letters from Taylor's parents and she'd be like all right let's get the dune buggies <laughs> By the way, uh, I, w- I was on Taylor's uh, Instagram page. Yes, uh, and she just got engaged. Yes, like, yeah, we did. Yeah, we covered that. Uh, okay, because l- l- last the, time the, out, the top quotes are "Gold Star Energy," and <laughs> and she said, "Yes, deal with it." <laughs> Still, thirteen years later, dealing with this stuff. 
wait, Akiva, going back to what you said earlier, you, you take the fun like pr- prize every time. You take the heated water slide. No, no, I don't, not the water slide. I, it depends on it depends on the week, but I think they made the wrong decision. A few, and again, I'm not there starving. I don't think they're starving. Also, like I think they're they have bad food, but I think they are like. Too much starch, according to Laurel. Yeah, too much starch. But they are they have options. I, I think they somebody said they eat like a lot of beef jerky in an interview. Like they have a, an oatmeal. They have options for food. They're not they're not literally starving. I yeah, I think you take the barbecue and you have fun. They, they, if if it's so important for you to brush your teeth, like two two episodes later, the producers will give you toothbrushes off camera. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that the producers probably wanted them at some point to take the fun one because every single week they're just taking the practical one. <laughs> Yeah, I I take the barbecue here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know like brushing your teeth is important and all that stuff, but like brush your teeth after the show, like you know, or whatever. Do use the baking soda now, cause it, come on, like it's a barbecue, like and of course they've just been eating all the starch and you know, like think they also yeah. said they were eating a lot of biscuits, but like come on, like a, a burger, it'll be good. It'll be why not? Yeah, Have, same it, thing as yeah. with the hot pizza. You got to take the meal. Yeah, come on. Take the meal, kids. Okay. All right. So, all right. Back to the campaign trail. Only, you know, a a few uh, days to go until the big vote. Uh, Taylor is uh, taunting Zach uh, that um, you can't win, Zach. Uh, That Taylor has all the girls from Yellow in her pocket. No chance for Zach. Uh, Zach is frustrated because he feels like that he could really lead Yellow and change things. He wants to improve Bonanza City. Uh, he really, he really wants to make things better in the town, Phil. Yeah, you know, we even we get a sequence where you know, right, right after you know, where Taylor has to pay all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that Taylor paid Zach because I don't know, I don't know the rule with that. Um, where you know, like apparently the leaders have to you know actually give out the money. And, you know, to really piss Zach off, to, you know, to piss him off. Like, why didn't she, why, why didn't she just be like, you know what? No, you're not getting paid anymore. Like, you know, who cares? Um, but put him on I tilt that, before the campaign. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, ruin him a little bit, you know, have him starve or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zach, you know, I think Zach does a pretty good job of just like kind of, you know, unifying people and getting people to everyone knows Taylor is a bad leader, but mm-hmm. I just don't think that Taylor's Taylor's followers really care that much, yeah. but they, they think know. she's a bad leader, but maybe they like her policies. <laughs> she's an imperfect messenger. Maybe. Yeah. She's an outsider, you know, Taylor's, um, yeah, <laughs> she's a disruptor. Oh, yeah. They like that. They like that on the town council. Okay. Brand new. Um, <laughs> so we're seeing uh, more campaigning. Uh, Olivia is uh, working on her campaign. She's going to a key constituent on the blue team, Greg. Akiva, what do you think of Greg? Um, I don't know. I don't have. I, I, oh, so Greg really has like a lot to do in these few episodes. Greg's the oldest kid, right? Yeah. He's 15. The bully. And he's like a bully, but also at times he's like a bully who a looks out for. <laughs> A bully's like the like the sort of mid level kids, but sticks up for like the little kids. He's a, he's a, probably the most complex character on the show. Although we don't really get his he's on the show a lot, but we don't get his POV a lot. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but if you were if by the way, if you were one of the camp people campaigning for town council, wouldn't you make some sort of deal like, hey, I'll get you a gold star, or I'm going to nominate you every week for gold star till you get a one. quid pro quo, Akiva? Is that what you're saying should be going on Absolutely. in Banana City? A kid think- pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squid pro. I think you have to. I think you have to do that. Like, if it's a close election, you have to offer them something. Mm, These kids yeah. should learn early what politicians do. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder you if it- later in life for any crimes you may commit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I wonder if it was like, you know, some kind of like legal thing, you know, like on Survivor, like you can't, you know, like say like, oh, I'm going to share my winnings with you, you know, like to, you know, win someone over on a vote or something like that. I wonder if that was involved, but because mm-hmm. it would make perfect total, it would make total sense to just, yeah. you know. I just yeah. don't think they thought of that. It's <laughs> a good idea. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Taylor is, uh, she's going to get into the marketing game because uh, Zach is out there on the campaign trail. And so her and her friend are going to start making posters. And uh, her posters <laughs> are, uh, Phil, do you remember what, what she writes on the poster? Yeah. She writes, um, vote for a Taylor. I'm not a failure. I'll do my best and beat the rest. And, you know, they all love it. That's genius to yes, them. But we need know? a hashtag. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, hashtag vote for Taylor and not a failure. I'll do my best and beat the rest. You know, that's... Well, I mean, doesn't she end with de- uh, deal with it on the poster? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> her, her campaign slogan. That's perfect marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine running for a re-election and your slogan is deal with it. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Um, yeah. It, I'm, I yeah, mean, I'm it, surprised that uh, that we didn't see that in 2020. Yeah. It does feel <laughs> like a very fifth grade student president, you know, class president type uh, election where, where it's just like you need to rhyme your name and like also promise them like extra recess and then you win. Mm-hmm. Listen. It's better than, did you guys see Guy Lawn's, um, you know, his slogan? It was vote for Guy Lawn for a better bonanza. And that was it. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, like, come simple. on. yeah it doesn't rhyme. Like, Hard come to on. Rhyme you gotta with do something. A Guy you know, they could be like, you know, don't be a pawn. Vote for Guy Lawn. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something. I, something. I <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we saw then people were ripping up the posters uh, and, uh, that they were <laughs> taking the Taylor posters and and who, Phil, who was this that was ripping up the posters? It was Markel in a, a rare rare appearance. You know, okay, he, he brought his pogo stick out actually and oh, was yeah. hopping out on he, it. Yeah. He, he was so anti Taylor, he ripped down one of the yard signs and then destroyed it. A- Akiva, this was mm-hmm. you know one of the ugly sides of the election. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty wild scene because, like Phil said, he's literally bouncing on a pogo stick the whole time. <laughs> it's like it's like the most dramatic scene of the series so far, almost. If it was like, if it was portrayed differently, but really, he's jumping on a pogo stick, like showing how silly the show is, like just ripping down the signs. Like it is funny because every it seems like everyone hates Taylor. Like we learn that Taylor has the votes of all the girls, yeah. in her in her uh, on her team, which I guess like it is the young team, right? So they're probably mm-hmm. all look at her like a older, cool girl and she is the pageant thing so like they think she's you know like the, the cool person in town but I, I think other than those four girls like every single person seems to loathe her including Markel <laughs> yeah you know uh, Markel you know he is an anarchist a total anarchist but also I think he's the voice of the people everyone's also saying that also so, <laughs> something funny in this as well is after Markel Markel is literally hopping on it on, yeah. with a pogo stick and then you know Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Jay comes on and he's like is this what Bonanza City is supposed to be? You know, ripping up people's posters. This is this is what the real world is, and we're not the real world. Like, mm-hmm. does this happen? Yeah. Is this the real world, really? Uh, I suspect that probably uh, some people had their yard signs uh, taken. I don't know if the pogo <laughs> stick came into it, but I do think that people probably, but at some point, uh, put signs in front of their house and then had those signs defaced. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that did. That's happen. a good idea. If you don't want to like leave a trace, if you're stealing someone's yard sign, then you should use a pogo stick. Pogo like, stick. Oh, no, 
yeah. no footprints anywhere. Yeah, look, they took our sign, and I think that kid is pogoing on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Greg comes to the rescue. Greg is going to comfort Layla here, and this is the you know the, the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde of Greg, where he's going to comfort Greg, putting him in the running fill for the elusive gold star for Greg. Yeah, you know, this is kind of like Greg's like one little moment, but also it's like a just like barely enough of a moment to give him a gold star because, you know, you know, with Greg, you know, Greg is always really trying to get <laughs> the gold star. He's he's like kind of like aggressively, not aggressively campaigning, but, you know, he's really working it and everyone can kind of see that. But also Greg is such an older authority figure that they still kind of look up to him in some way. And it's kind of like hard for them to not in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have our town council talking about who should get the gold star. Uh, Taylor throws Greg's name out there. Uh, but Mike is always uh, extra shady about Greg. Mike, Mike hates Greg. Uh, Laurel says she wants to give it to Zach, but uh, Taylor's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to hear anything about Zach. Let's give it, give it to Greg. Not having it at all. Yeah, Zach's not getting a gold star and also going to win a spot on the council this week. So, all right. Well, we go to our big meeting. Greg has won the star. Akiva, I feel like that we really yada yada uh, Greg's call to, uh, his, to his parents. There's a couple episodes. I think there's one where you don't even see it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, did we have, was that, is that Greg today? One of these first seven episodes where we don't see it. I, I had a logistic question about, about, um, how these work because, ostensibly let's say it's a wednesday night and we're doing the vote and then the kid is going and calling their parents and telling them and let's even say that doesn't happen immediately right let's say that happens a day or two later that means they're flying a film crew to wherever usa because that's like professionally filmed it's not like on an iphone in 2007 sure they have a they have a camera crew like all right wherever they go all right we're going to tacoma tomorrow to like film 12 Mm -hmm. seconds max maybe three seconds for the scene Maybe they saved some money on Greg's. Yeah. So yeah. If, if I had to guess, I, I bet they had probably like local like crews like on st- on standby, like uh, whether it's like via like CBS affiliates that mm-hmm. could have gone out and like uh, done something locally as opposed to like flying in members of this production team. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No, but a- Alex was talking about it in, in like one of the AMAs and he said like, well, first of all, like they don't know who's winning. You know, it's like they don't necessarily, you know, they might have an idea, but like once. They have to like do it afterwards, but he said it wasn't done like after the fact. They, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like photo. It wasn't. They didn't chop it up later. It was done like within the day or something. Okay. Yeah, I know that. Like you know, CBS has like you know just local production crews. Same people who do like the Big Brother intros. Like they'll just have people mm-hmm. fly around and just do something quick. All right, let's get to our votes here for the town council seats. Okay, we have our blue. Go, Blue goes first. Anjay versus Olivia. Akiva, I, I felt like that this was uh, excruciatingly long, all of the vote counting. Yeah, also makes you appreciate Jeff Probst, right? <laughs> and uh, Steve Kornacki. Yeah, both of yeah, them. Yeah, Steve Kornacki. I mean, anybody. Even even Julie Chen makes you appreciate more. Like, he, it's... First of all, I don't know why people get to vote for themselves. Just let have those <laughs> cancel out. Save us five seconds. Because as you say, there's no... Mm-hmm. We don't get to see... Greg Cole home, I don't think, right? And we don't see, um, you know, he never asks, does anybody want to go home this episode? Because they just probably had to cut it for time because this is the busiest episode so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, he does it very slowly. All right. Olivia, then this guy, you know, like he does Olivia. it one by one. Yeah. Updates it in, in the most boring way. <laughs> you also, you can't see 
what it says. Like they could have had yeah. some sort of, you know, <laughs> give darker, the kids a marker, right? Marker like, yeah. where they Pencil could where they could write it, post like, it. it, right? So unprofessional. Like this is a CBS primetime show, and we're like scribbling like my son would do to like vote out, you know, mm-hmm. like a pretend game of Among Us in the living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, like, the- it was strange. The ballots also are just like these weird, I don't know what formatting these sheets of paper are, but it's like, come on, just have it to be a blank sheet of paper. Like, what are you guys trying to do here? This is not a real ballot. I don't know. It was, it was dumb. Yeah. All right. So Anjay gets reelected. Uh, what went wrong for Olivia? I felt like that she had the votes, Phil. Yeah, I thought so too. And I think, I don't know, from my memory, I remember Olivia winning this one, but you know, uh, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, don't really know because I think that Olivia probably would have been a better leader than Andre. I don't know who's who Andre's people really are. They don't really get into like a lot What's of the, the dynamics. Right. Yeah. I, we don't do we even we don't see vote counts. Like we don't see like, you know, like on Survivor, yeah. they'll show people. Seven it's, the end of sequ- it's the end of Sequester. They have a Will for America song play and then they show who voted for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. All right. So congratulations, Andre, on reelection. OK, the it, the votes come in and it is a landslide for. <laughs> Guylin. Mike got only one vote. I believe that was probably his own. That uh, is his own. It was his own. Yeah. It was nine to one. Which Mike, probably answers my question of why they let the cell vote. So we didn't get a shutout. Yeah. Mike cries. And congratulations to Guylin, who is the new leader of the Red City Council. Poor Mike. Yo, like Guylin was like laughing, like in the middle of the vote count, like really like rubbing the salt in the wound there. Like, and Mike is like almost like starting to cry and everyone else is just like, you know, can't contain their laughter. They're just like cracking up. This is for the best. Mike, uh, this is too much stress for him, Akiva. Yeah, the producers did a good, like the editors here did a good job of, because I thought Mike was going to win easily and I thought Andre might lose. I figured it would be two wins, two losses because. That's how these reality shows work, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you sort of knew Taylor was going to lose, especially when they say it for last. But yeah, I was shocked that that Mike got no votes, had no support, and they had to know also, right? Like, if you're losing nine nothing, that you have to know, like, do, do they all say we're voting for you and then lie? <laughs> I can't imagine that would be too mean. Yeah, I wonder if like right before Mike was like talking to everyone, like, "Yo, you're voting for me, right?" And like they were like not making eye contact with him, and he was scared or anything like that. I don't know how that went, but it was pretty funny and also like a little bit embarrassing for Mike to, you know, someone couldn't throw him a pity vote. I don't mm-hmm. know if they all knew. Like, come on, I don't know. <laughs> okay, and then finally the big showdown, the main event: Taylor versus Zach, and somehow here. Uh, we got five votes for Zach, four votes for Taylor that we see. Do we presume that there was a sixth vote for Zach that was not shown, Phil? Yeah, because it seems like only Taylor's people voted for Taylor, except for, of course, you know, Randy. Randy. Who's the person who flipped. She flipped. Randy flipped. Who flipped. No, yeah. uh, Rob, I, they, that team had somebody leave already. So they were, there was two oh, teams with only nine. Oh, okay, got that's it. right. They yeah, were down the nine. It, so it was, it, it was yeah. an even five. Okay. So, yes. Okay. So congratulations to Zach. Uh, and he gets up there and shouts out, Viva la revolution! Uh, <laughs> Phil, do the producers give him this line? That seems oh, absurd on. that a you know ten year old wins uh, the city government and then is going to be yelling that out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they were just like, oh, we need a title for this episode. All right, uh, we don't have <laughs> one yet, so you know, mm-hmm. Zach, just go up and say that. No, I don't. <laughs> where did he get that from? Right, <laughs> right. Uh, it was my, it was my note too. It was my note too. Yeah, you have to be right. There's no way. Yeah, Zach, Zach is you know a precocious ten year old, but. 
Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm a little disappointed I, I didn't get to come on for the episodes uh, three, four, and five last week, or whatever, th- you know, yeah. four, five, and six, whatever it was, where uh, Zach, you know, got to debate uh, with the Jew crew who's better, <laughs> Jews or Christians. We could have talked about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what that, a crazy that episode great. that fourth one was, where they're just like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, we're good because, like, we have to have like a they clearly mapped it out. Like, this, this episode that we just talked about is like the election episode, right? And there's going to be like other episodes that have like a central theme. It's crazy that they're like, we're going to do a religion one with the t- with a bunch of 10 year olds saying like religion is the root of all evil in the world and causes all the wars. <laughs> what a crazy decision. Yeah. Well, I think that they really sat there with like a in a room with like a bulletin board of like, OK, what are the hot button issues in society? It's like, all right. Well, all right. The uh, all right. We got to do the economy. We got to do we, uh, uh, the the environment. We have to do elections. We're going to do religion like uh, they're just gonna, like going to try to map it out to like what would go on in Bonanza City for each of these things. You know, there has to be like the courts coming. So I don't remember if there are aren't, but like there has to be like jail and courts and police coming soon. Also yeah, I think that I think that there'll probably be some sort yeah. of like a law and order type uh, episode if we had to guess of uh, what, what's on the way. All right. Uh, Taylor takes this OK for now. For now. For now. <laughs> for now. OK. All right. It's going to be a tough transition of power, but, you know, for now, it's for now. She's, Taylor she's okay says there will be a peaceful transition of power for the <laughs> yellow team. OK. All right, we're going to get back to talking about Kid Nation with Akiva and Phil. Still two more episodes to talk about. But first, let me take a moment and thank a great sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at HelloFresh. You know, in Bonanza City, you've got to make a deal with Jonathan when you want to get something like fresh vegetables and all the ingredients and high quality meats delivered to cook up great recipes. Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You don't even have to win a challenge. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one Meal Kit, HelloFresh, they cut out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less that Taylor and the Yellow Team could never compete with that. HelloFresh offers 23-plus recipes every week and featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so you'll never get bored. And eating healthier has never been easy with low-calorie, carb-smart, vegetarian pescatarian options every week. No matter what you choose, every single recipe is packed with fresh produce sourced directly from farmers. HelloFresh's Easy Eats also has tons of quick and easy meal solutions like oven-ready and 10 to 20-minute meals, perfect for your busy schedule. I love when we get the HelloFresh delivery. Uh, This weekend, I cooked up pork chops and apple rosemary pan sauce. I cook it up for Nicole. Cooked up the pork chops in a cast iron skillet. It turned out fantastic. I look like the hero. Had some uh, Brussels sprouts that we roasted on the side, which was fantastic. Also have a ginger plum chicken with a carrot, bell pepper, and scallion rice, which is so easy to prepare. Anybody can deal with it. Telling you right now, 
Speaking of deal with it, they've got a great deal for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RHAP10. Use the promo code RHAP10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. It's a great offer. HelloFresh.com slash RHAP10. Use promo code RHAP10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. You're saving a ton of buffalo nickels. HelloFresh.com slash RHAP10 with promo code RHAP10 for HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now, let's get back to talking about Kid Nation. Let's go to episode six entitled Bonanza is Disgusting. Uh, They really try to tie in a lot of themes here pertaining to the environment, uh, how garbage is handled, cleanliness in general, and they're, uh, I feel like uh, they really force it here, Akiva. Very heavy-handed. Heavy-handed to the point where when they give them later in the episode, like, the reward options, it's, um, they they could either take vegetables or a go-kart that's going to somehow, like, you know, cause, you know, and, you know, cause global warming to yeah. ruin the universe. Yeah, like, this is what one the, this is the choice. Gas. A choice between Mother Earth and fossil fuels. <laughs> <laughs> really reaching for this one. They're <laughs> crazy. On gasoline. A, yeah, and that's another <laughs> terrible decision they made because they literally choose the vegetables and go crazy, like jumping into the vegetables instead of which are probably gone by the end of the mm-hmm. scene. In, you know, I- instead of like something that was actually fun. <laughs> Are you a go kart guy? No, but if or I was Dune ten, I'd be guy? a go kart. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm definitely not. But if I was ten or eleven, like that sounds so fun. Of course, Taylor was the biggest Dune buggy guy. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Dune buggy gal. Okay, all right. So we see the uh, ramification, the fallout of the the vote, and Taylor actually is not taking it so great. The Guylin and Zach, they're new members of the council, but Taylor is not happy. Now, Phil, uh, Taylor does not contest the results of the election, but she does say that, hey, Zach made my life miserable, complained about me when I was in power. Now I'm going to do it to him. Yeah, this is like almost like the ultimate position for Taylor because, you know, now Taylor really does not have to do anything. You yeah. know, even though she was a leader, she's had she she had some responsibilities, even though she was slacking off. Now it's really like she's in this for herself. She's going to you know, be on social media planning her next run and then just uh, complaining about Zach's administration the whole time. <laughs> you know, she goes up to Zach and she's like, Colton hates you. All the girls hate you. And then Zach is like, Oh, that's too bad. She's like, that's too bad, my butt. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's just telling it, like, uh, yeah, everyone I have that, hates I have you. That clip. <laughs> I bought a Colton hates you. All the girls hate you. Oh, that's too bad. Um, that's too bad, my butt. Yeah. That's too bad, my butt. <laughs> Ultimate, you know, political meeting of the minds, you know, just, <laughs> it's the best debate I've ever seen, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also tells him to shave his unibrow, also, Akiva. It's rough. That's a, it's a you know, I don't think a harsh, Zach has like, a unibrow. Yeah, that's a harsh thing to say to him. But again, she's, she claimed, I was looking on Twitter, like, she claimed that they were like, play a character, be mean. Um, but I, I have a feeling she just was mean. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's no one, no one's that good at acting. 
to be like <laughs> like that evil. Like Taylor is, yeah, you know, she knows what will hurt you. She never found her way onto the Disney Channel after this, after this uh, <laughs> groundbreaking performance at age ten. I think she did some acting. Oh, but, she did. Uh, she's an yeah. She, I, I think she did a little acting, and then she's an occupational therapist now. Oh, oh good look at Taylor. But it's like. You know, it's not like Taylor was like, oh, I really wanted to, you know, like, clean the dishes and take out the trash. But, you know, that just wasn't my character, you know. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like, it's not like, you know, she was really reaching for something. Like, she she was, if she's playing a character, she was pretty much playing herself, I'd say. So, Akiva, in the first couple of weeks of this podcast, like, I, I have uh, become more and more horrified at the different ways they've endangered the children between that, what, they have no food, uh, they're, like, dealing with, uh, they're, they're cooking their own things on a hot stove, and, like, uh, they gotta open all these cans in the kitchen, all things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have uh, your eight-year-old working on. Uh, it's freezing, then they're soaking them in water, there's a dust storm. Here, we learn about uh, Bonanza City has a rat problem also. Yeah, those are, are those even rats? They're like so big. I mean, I've <laughs> seen New York City rats, you know, run past my, my feet like every uh, Manhattanite. But like, the, yeah, the, the rats are big. I agree. I think ultimately, like, that's the reason why the show didn't have a second season, right? Like, they just couldn't figure out how to make it seem safe. And they probably just got sued too many times. Yeah, we'll get into that later, but there's definitely some suing going on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bonanza City Courthouse is going to be in action. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. So Bonanza City is disgusting. Uh, there is a entry in the town journal. Like, if you like the town journal. It's a little hokey. It doesn't really fit with the rest. Uh, like, I know they're trying to fit into like the theme of the, like we're in the 1800s. But there's no like um I, I don't know, it's a little bit of like the ghost writery, like who who is writing this journal. But yeah, it's it's fine. It it does I don't mind there's like a theme every week at the beginning, yeah. like, you know, here's here, you know, it's curfew time or whatever it is. <laughs> All right. So we, you got a problem here. Uh, we, we got too much garbage. Need to get rid of it. Anjay, he's got an outside the box idea for the garbage. We can just really get some gunpowder. Gunpowder? But it would be fun to watch it blow up. Yeah, why don't we just get some gunpowder and just blow up the garbage? Did anybody think you know, of that? I had that same exact thought when I was a kid, and I was trying to figure out like how how can we get rid of pollution? You know, I was like in second grade, and I was really sitting blow in my room thinking pollution. about it, and I was like, let's just blow it up. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it sounds it's foolproof. It's genius. I don't know why they didn't do it. It would have been great for for ratings. You know, mm-hmm. I honestly thought they might burn it. I thought the kids might like be allowed to burn the garbage somehow, but it doesn't <laughs> come up. No. Okay. <laughs> So, all right, we need to have a town meeting about the garbage detail. Uh, meanwhile, we have Jared, who, yeah, I, Akiva, I always think that Jared is like the kid that they like force feed the most lines to. Jared mm-hmm. has had, uh, some, you know, pretty heavy thoughts about the environment uh, as we head into our town council meeting. I think the environment is a lot of the times a sorry place because of what humans have done. We've polluted the ozone layer. We've polluted the waters. I don't know what my generation can do yet. Yeah. Boy, Jared. Jared, mm. yeah, like, uh, you're eight. Like, uh... <laughs> Take you didn't easy. do anything yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you, how, Don't boy, beat you yourself a, up, buddy. <laughs> I, Jared, am personally to blame for, <laughs> for global. <laughs> Who stressed out Jared that young where they're like, Jared, sit down, like, when he's four years old. All right, we've polluted the ozone layer. We've polluted the waters. Like, <laughs> putting all this stress on this poor kid. Like, poor Jared. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. I don't know. All right. So they have a big town meeting and they need to put a bunch of people on. Okay. We need to haul the garbage out to a big hole and then dump it out there. And what a great way to punish Taylor and Layla by putting them on the garbage detail. Phil, is this a a good use of power or bad use of power by the council? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really trying to just punish them. That's what Laurel and all of them are saying. But the thing is, because there's no rules in Bonanza City, you know, this is never going to really work out in Taylor <laughs> in, in their favor. You know, Taylor is going to still do whatever she wants. Although I think this was kind of one of the funniest scenes, in my opinion, <laughs> just watching Taylor. Actually, that comes later. Taylor, like, just taking, like, you know, hauling trash and or hauling water. It's 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 hilarious. But you can never get Taylor to do work. Just bottom mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she doesn't want to do it. She's a pageant queen. Pageant girls are not supposed to be dragging the garbage out. It seemed like that the new thing to do was also just give Taylor a deal with it back to her. Really just use her catchphrase back onto Taylor. She really, I think she does not care for that. Yeah, I wonder if they knew, like, deal with it. Because obviously Taylor knows deal with it popped. But I wonder if, like, all the other kids are like, all right, this is, you know, this is going to be the hashtag or whatever. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they. So she runs away. She's like, you can't make me. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not I'm not doing this. Uh, I'm, I'm a pageant queen. And everybody's just v- very upset, Akiva. Yeah, I, I mean, she did sort of solve this problem of realizing, like, hey, I never have to do anything, especially now that I don't have to win an election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, I, I feel like I've known a bunch of tailors in my life. I They've sort of, like, gamed the system, and they realize they could get away without doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so everybody else is gonna, then going to be uh, doing the uh, the hard work. Uh, Guylin, Phil, has a little bit of an issue of uh, that he cannot break ground. People are getting uh, upset. With- Greg even is like, uh, Guylin sucks. Yeah, can't even dig. My take on these last three episodes, and I forgot about this, but I think Guylin is totally just underqualified for this position. I, oh. I, I want to take Mike back, in my opinion, because I feel like Guylin, like, we'll see Guylin later where he's, like, leading a competition. I think that's in the next episode where he's, like, the caller for a competition, and he has no idea, like, what he's doing. And I mm-hmm. feel like Guylin really was like, all right, yeah, I'll be a leader. And, you know, they just didn't like Mike. But, like, Guylin is not th- uh, the perfect alternative. I feel like he has a lot of ideas, I guess, but... He can't really execute any of them. And I feel even like watching Guylin, you know, there's a shot where Guylin's trying to dig a hole and like you, you see on a shovel, like there's like three pebbles on it. Like, that's it. Like, come on, Guylin. I know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're that great. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Guylin is, has uh, some problems here. Uh, he's going to get upset. And then the only person that can console him is uh, DK. DK, who has a uh, great, great episode for DK, and he uh, pumps Guylin back up. Kiva, that uh, put a captain star on uh, DK's jersey. Yeah, I don't know why DK doesn't. I don't know. That that was one of my notes. Like, why didn't DK get the gig? Maybe he didn't want instead of Guylin, because he's clearly like one of the leaders. He's he's maybe the second or third oldest kid after Greg. And, good uh, locker you know, room just, presence. Yeah, good locker room presence. Yeah, he's, he's like a winning, you know, winning personality. Like, I don't understand. Guylin is like he like at best Guylin is vanilla, right? Like he's not super interesting and like there's nothing special about him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't I don't know why DK didn't get didn't get this job. But uh, again, he's smarter because uh, he gets he gets the gold star, right? He gets he gets the money that he wouldn't have gotten that Guylin probably never get. Yeah, I think that's why, to be honest, just, you know, if 
you know, if you run, what are the real benefits? You know what I mean? Like, and DK is still at this point, I think DK is more of the leader than Guylin. So it's just like DK can, you know, still be the leader and he can win a gold star. Like, why not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the group is still insisting Taylor must be punished. We must have some punishment for Taylor. And so they say, all right, there's a big water tank. We're running out of water. Taylor, go fill up the water tank. What what could go wrong? And she says, okay, sure, I'll do it. And then she goes and gets the water and then kicks it all on the ground. She's like, they're like dictators telling me what to do. And it's like, <laughs> Taylor, what were you doing for the first four episodes? Like, yeah. all you were doing was just telling other people what to do and not doing Deal a, with it, a everybody. single thing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor's the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's sort of how you know that she's probably not going to leave here. Because I thought maybe, oh, does she leave? But, like, she is so far and away the star. I know they're trying to, like, make Jared a star. Mm -hmm. And there's a few other, like, second-tier people. But, like, Taylor is the star of the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, like, you know, after Taylor loses office, like, we really think, all right, you know, I guess Taylor's not going to be, like, the star anymore. But, no, she's still the star of the show, regardless. Like, we just love to watch her. Yeah. I think that there is like a a discussion to be had here of like okay oh were, were we all just paying so much attention to Taylor because she was in power and there's an argument in 2021 that okay well if somebody's not in power maybe people won't pay attention to what they do <laughs> but the Taylors of the world find a way to create drama whether or not they are in power or not. Exactly. And, you know, Taylor's followers are going to follow Taylor regardless, you know. Well, actually, in this episode, things mm-hmm. work out differently, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, Akiva, the, uh, do you feel like that maybe more like uh, historians should look to the behavior of this uh, 10-year-old little girl to maybe be able to predict more things about the future? Yeah, I think so. I do think in general, this is a fascinating sociological experiment maybe even more so than other reality shows like survivor like the kids you know obviously like depending on how much they're sort of uh you know the 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 adults are are getting involved in the action here but like the the kids are really you know there's a lot of interesting things that come out that you do see again it's the show's ahead of its time (laughs) like you see things now that are like this is too advanced for 07 but 2021 this makes perfect sense yeah all right uh they end up getting everybody to go fill up the water um, Phil, am I a dum dum that I don't really understand how the water works in Bonanza City? Like, there's a well, and then yeah. there's like a big like barrel thing. So, and where does the water come? The water comes from the barrel thing, or the water? Like, what was empty? The barrel yes. thing, or the, or the well? No, it wasn't the well. It was like their water tower thing. Like, um, and I I guess my idea is that they get like the water tower is another way to get water that's like closer than the than walking to the well and they had to fill it up but yeah I, that was also kind of unclear like they should have you know yeah. mapped it out were you better. following that akiva how the the uh water system works no i was sort of over my head but i, I will say <laughs> they also like taylor's punishment was she had to do it herself and taylor's like in addition to being useless in terms of helping like probably one of the weakest people there and it, this ended up being a 30 person job with everyone going back and forth a few times so i don't mm-hmm. think it was so realistic for Taylor to really uh, handle it on her own. No, no. They just wanted to see Taylor be punished. <laughs> do labor for the first time, even though, you know, she's still <laughs> not going to do labor at all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You can't make her do it. Deal with it. All right. So uh, we see Mike and uh, we see Mike as a civilian for the first time. Phil, it seems like it's uh, agreeing with him. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure he's kind of relaxing a little bit that he doesn't have to, you know, deal with the stress of everyone's eyes being on him all the time. Because I think that did get to him. You know, I think, you know, everyone constantly, you know, looking to Mike and Mike having to act like he knew what was going on, even though he had no idea what was going on, like really got to him, you know, and I think it was probably really hard. So, you know, now that he's just like one of the people just like everyone else just chilling, like, it's pretty great. All right. Let's talk about uh, Showdown for episode number six. Akiva, this was insane to me that the showdown here in this episode, again, I guess the theme is messy garbage. Okay. The host comes in and says, okay, kids, we've got a bunch of messy, dirty, stinky pigs, and we filled their pig pen with baked beans. What? Like yeah. oh, this, by the it, way, this is a pork and beans <laughs> joke. Yeah, I don't know if it's pork and beans, um, but I do know that this is supposed to be like an environmental episode, <laughs> and they're dumping out sixteen hundred gallons of beans that no one's going to eat. <laughs> just repulsive. Why get, like, couldn't what's they just the have the pigs in mud? Do? Well, then why? Yeah. Why do they have to waste all those beans? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I bet it was like, do you think, do we think it was like leftover beans that they ordered for like the rest of the season and they realized the kids weren't going to eat all the beans. So they were just like, all right, let's just dump all the beans out here. Like, it's not like anyone else is going to be eating no, them. I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause it was like the whole thing was like, okay, canned, you're looking for canned food. All right. A, a pork and beans is a canned food. So let's get some pigs out there and then, okay, let's open a million cans of beans. But this was wild. 2007. What are you yeah. thinking? <laughs> and also, like, again, like, for some reason, they just keep throwing animals into, into these showdowns, like kids with animals. I don't know. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> I, it seems so unsafe. And it seems like, you know, that like these poor animals, I don't think the kids were really looking after the pigs. I don't think anyone, anyone was really looking after yeah. the pigs. I, I don't know what the, the decision I mean, was or why. They and a that. kid could have gotten hurt. I mean, yeah. it was so insane that somebody is like, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, good idea. Rob, as parents, I think we have to take a step back and think, like, what kind of parents are sending their kids, their 10-year-olds, on this show, where, as far as they know, like, it's not like Survivor, where, like, someone can win a million dollars. Like, they probably got more money, ultimately, than the kids thought they would, Mm -hmm. you know, the ones who win the gold stars. Like, they're literally just doing it, like, I'm going to send my kid away for a free summer camp, where maybe they could become, like, a TV star, but more realistically, we'll say horrific things on television that should haunt them later in life. It's crazy. Well, I don't think saying things that were going to haunt you later in life was really a thing yet in 2007. (laughs) I know. And I don't think it happened really. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody was like canceled from the show, Mm -hmm. but I just think like the tailors of the world have to deal with like, deal with it. You know, like, you know, that's the ultimate irony. She has to deal with it. You know, that, that, you know, like the, you know, good chickens die or whatever she said. (laughs) Like, uh, which she claims also was a line fed to her. But I th- I think, um, yeah, it, it just like imagine the parents of these people. Like they all have to be so, so bad at parenting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Phil, it is kind of wild that you hear like more than one kid say, yeah, I'm homeschooled where it's like my parents, mm-hmm. they don't even like send me to a public school. But uh, here I am on Kid Nation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think like 
And also, just so you guys, again, they, they went during the school year, too. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, over the summer. Oh, I I forgot that it's not <laughs> during the, because they're cold. So that makes sense, right? It only makes sense for the show to have been shot in the summer. But I guess New Mexico is yeah. probably too hot for that. Maybe. Right? Yeah. I wonder if the dates of shooting, and I haven't looked this up, line up with the dates that are in the book where it's like it's April 18th, 1885. Like, I wonder if uh, those dates are similar to where the production is uh, right now. Like, I, like I, I, I think that that would make some sense if it was April. It was, although it was like snowing for some reason in April, like earlier. But I do know that like a lot of the kids' parents, you know, because these kids are pretty brilliant. You know, there's some, or at least there's some kids that are pretty brilliant. And then there's other kids like Greg, who, you know, just grew up in a farm. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the parents thought these kids would be able to cut it out there and prove themselves and, you know, mm-hmm. get, I don't know, get some kind of exposure or I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. Like, I understand, like, hey, if you're Greg's parents, it's like, yeah, okay, let's, uh, we get Greg out of the house for five weeks. Okay, great. <laughs> Taylor's parents. Okay. Oh, great. No, no, a break from keeper, Taylor. Keeper for season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you feel like that most people will probably wouldn't send their kids off to, to be a part of this. Okay. Anyway, so we get into, uh, the cans and it turns out that red ends up winning. Uh, yada, yada. Red's the upper class. Green's the merchant. Yellow are the cooks again. Love when yellow is cooking and blue are the laborers and then so we get into the choice of uh, okay do you want fruits and vegetables or the gasoline powered dune buggies and taylor really wants the dune buggies but it's so heavy-handed phil of that the host is really trying to drive home the environmental damage that these two dune buggies could do yeah and also on the other side they talk about like how it the fruits and vegetables are like mother nature it's not like you know they're like they gave them seeds and they're like all right you guys seeds, can start a baby. garden and plant yeah. your own but no it was just like you can either eat fruits and vegetables <laughs> or you know have these dune buggies i don't know about also just like the safety behind these dune buggies also like if they had there was going to be someone watching them and right I, I, I don't really know how that would work or how like what did these kids just like crash into <laughs> one of the one of the houses or something like that you yeah. know what i mean akiva <laughs> don't you think that we probably would have lost a kid had they gotten the dune buggies <laughs> yeah i do think i do wonder if it was the first thing i thought of is like the dune buggies probably would be there for the next shot and then they take them away right like mm-hmm. they'd let them play with them for 10 minutes and because yeah the, the pogo stick almost caused like you know the town to fall apart so i with well, the dune buggies would be yeah there's a horrific injury waiting to happen in the new mexico test <laughs> okay yeah right. so these kids are filling it up with oil and stuff like that <laughs> i don't know and also this is so, something else like once they pick the the fruits and vegetables because there's like there's a big quote coalition who does want the dune buggies you know there's taylor who wants the dune buggies colton. and you know there's colton that's colton <laughs> colton is like when they pick the dune buggies I mean, when they pick the fruits and vegetables, Colton's like, you guys are dull-minded as hell. And, like, Colton was the one who thought that Hanukkah was just, like, people celebrating oil. Like, really? (laughs) You're the one calling them dull-minded? Although they do have never-ending gasoline for the dune buggies, Akiva, so it would be sort of like a mini Hanukkah for the dune buggies. (laughs) Yeah, I did. That's I like how he, like, to make it worse, it's like, all the, like, like the way probes would say all the fixings, and all the gas you could ever need. (laughs) Like, we... Exxon stock is up today, baby, because we bought so much gas for these dude bikes. <laughs> Unlimited gasoline. Okay. All right. So we have our uh, fruits and veggies are going to be uh, now part of the, uh, the available options to eat. Um, we're going to now see Zach try to flex his muscle again on uh, Taylor. Puts Taylor in charge of the dishes. 
She doesn't want to, Akiva. She's busy working on a fruit salad. It is funny because I do wonder if they're trying to make her seem like the villain. Because like if they would, it would like they would be like, "Oh, I'm doing my hair." That would like, or or like, "I'm taking a nap." Like that's what the villain would be doing. Making a fruit salad for the whole town seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do. I know it's not her job. That being but, said. Uh, is cutting up all of the fruit and putting it into a fruit salad the best use of the fruit? Probably I would, not. I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> and also, was she really making it for everyone else? Like, do you think Taylor's like one to really, hey guys, I made this fruit salad. Now we're all going to share. No, it was definitely Taylor and her friends were just going to eat it all themselves. <laughs> Layla. Or like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, Zach says, hey, if you're not going to do this job, you're not going to get paid, Taylor. How about that? Here's again the the pay control that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. I, I wonder because yeah, there are no real rules. Every time I start to think about like, oh wait, can people get paid? I remember there's no rules to this show. I don't think I think a leader would be allowed to just w- withhold the the payment. Why not? Like, yeah, come on. She didn't think about that. She did that. Uh, Zach invented that. Okay. Um, and then she's not going to get paid. And then also, uh, on top of that, uh, you're not going to get paid. And you know what? You can forget about the gold star. Forever! Forever! <laughs> it shattered Taylor. <laughs> I mean, do, do we really think, like, there was no way Taylor was ever going to get the gold star anyways, right? Like, Taylor's just in it for the TV, whatever, like. <laughs> <laughs> Forever! Yeah. <laughs> She was doing it for the gram before it existed. Yeah, really. Doing too, I could see, you know, like her Taylor thinking, okay, I'm going to be able to do like commercials after this or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I wonder if like we saw Taylor like after this show, like she becomes such a big celebrity. She's like, you know, doing like a car ad and she's like, Kia, like come to the, come to the dealership and deal with it. I don't know. Yeah, something. Get, it, get, get a deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that she should have fired whatever agent or manager she had after this. She really should have blown up Akiva. I think she probably came out thinking she'd be a big star and not sure why she wasn't, to be honest. I think maybe because the show ends like, you know, people had a yeah. negative connotation with the show after, but it doesn't really make sense that she didn't become a big star, to be honest. Mm hmm okay so there's some rough housing that goes on emily who i think we only know her from she was the uh chicken protector uh she chases one kid until he runs to a barrel (laughs) uh dk is like the enforcer he comes out he's like guys 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 come on acting like a bunch of hyenas (laughs) yeah dk's shutting it down it was weird watch because it it was brett who you know he bumped into a barrel and <laughs> fell but like <laughs> we didn't see any blood we didn't see like it was a, like i'm wondering like what happened to this kid is he okay did he fracture a bone of yeah. course we still never see a medic or anything like that no. like DK. throw someone in yeah. yeah all right uh so we have our gold star meeting people say hey what about dk uh okay sure how about that all right um we go back to our big town council meeting uh we check in with mike my Mike is really, you know, fit in very he's gone back to normal life that uh he, you know, had a taste of power. He's gone back to being a normal citizen. It's fine for him. But everybody is bagging on Taylor again to the point where Guylin talks about uh Taylor about uh that uh not carrying the water around and he has like a, a weird flex Akiva. He says like, "Hey, that I even have weaker upper body strength than you, and I was even able to do it. 
Yeah, that is a weird flex, but okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm the weakest guy here, even though I'm a bigger guy than, you know, most of the people. It is yeah. funny to just see, like, even though Taylor's not in office, the town council meetings are still about how much Taylor sucks. <laughs> yeah, <everybody's laughs> being a Why are you so obsessed with me, Taylor? Yeah. And DK stands up and is like, all right, come on, knock it off, everybody. Stop being so mean. You know what, guys? I honestly think, like, in this whole episode, like, DK has just been the greatest. Like, yes. DK, mm-hmm. we get DK giving the speech before the showdown. We get DK, you know, telling everyone to knock it off. I think DK is really, really campaigning for this gold star. And we're going to see later on in this council, you know, he's really working it. I want you guys to know, also, DK, you know, he's grown up and he's an actor now. DK oh, is an actor on... I was going to ask Akiva, is this, did he grow up to be DK Metcalf? <laughs> no, he's he's a little too old for for uh, uh, yeah, a little too old for that. But no, he's an actor. Uh, like Phil was saying, more a theater actor. It says he was in Chicago Fire. Oh. I think he has more social media following than than pretty much most of the other people. Okay, but uh, yeah, no, DK. This is we hadn't seen we'd seen DK before, but this is definitely at least through the first half of the season. Like this is his winner at an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we pivot off of that. Like DK has this great moment. It's like, all right, does anybody want to go home? And the DK stands up like, what? No, no, DK. He's like, uh, I'm sick of the drama. He was too good for this world, Phil. He's crying. I just need to go home to my family. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the thing. I think he's really, really, really working it. I don't know if DK, like, we oh, never saw any suspicion that DK was going to go a home young before. Age. That's what I think. I think he's doing the greatest performance of, of all time. This is probably not true. This is just my fan fiction theory, but this is really what I'm going to project onto the show. I think DK's really, because, you know, later we see Guylin, you know, take him aside and Guylin, you know, we, we don't really know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. I think Guylin must have been like, Yo, you're gonna get the gold star. Like, yeah, you're, he had to tell well, him, this, right? He had to tell. Him. This, this <laughs> is the thing because they're like the the kids are like telling us like, wait, no, no, he can't go home now. He won't get the twenty thousand. That would be great yeah. drama, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I don't know. Was DK really gonna go home? I mean, maybe because it just seemed like his reason was just like I don't want to put up with the drama anymore. It wasn't the conditions. It was. It was just the drama, and I guess it w- would be a lot for a mm-hmm. kid. But I don't know. Yeah. All right. So DK. Won the gold star. He uh, is MVP of the episode. So uh, great, great job there by DK. Yeah. And, you know, he after that, he goes and, you know, he talks to his family and his family seems great. I, yeah. Like this is his family. This is the first time where I'm like, wow, like, you know, like your family's cool. Like they're not they're not wooden. They're all, maybe they're all <laughs> actors. I don't know. It's great. It's gr- just he comes from a great home. Seems like. OK, let's talk about episode number seven. It's called The Root of All Evil. We talk about. <laughs> capitalism and dirty money and disgusting let's talk about uh, a lot of issues here in this and we get introduced to a character devod phil have we seen devod at all through six episodes no <laughs> we, <laughs> we have not she pops but of course up here is- in a big way Oh, yeah. Huge episode for Devad. Love her. Devad has an interesting business, Akiva. She's taken the food that is like the community food and then she has like prepared it to some varying degrees some of which is seems like that she just opened a can and then is selling the food for profit brilliant everyone (laughs) should do that take the food like imagine if you like went to the like the calf in college and like got the food that your parents you know or whatever like the the card and then yeah, and then uh, and like, all right, I'm going to sell it outside for like half the price. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, people don't have cash. Like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really um, 
like it's not explained how she's even allowed to do that how this is not stealing mm-hmm. well sophia but, uh, has a problem with it yeah no it yeah and and when jared opens up uh, a rival store right is that jared <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so uh, yeah. W- let's talk this through because jared has like a meltdown here about um you know we, we have some people who are sort of like uh they do not like this from like a perspective of like uh that this is just somebody trying to make money i don't like that people are trying to have a business and jared just uh rages here uh about this um phil what's going on yeah, Jared is just for, like, he's like Jesus at the cleansing of the temple. He's just like throwing over <laughs> tables, just like, you know, like, this is not, like, you shouldn't, I don't know, like, where did this come from? I, I, I didn't yeah. know Jared was such like an anti, like, he was anti-capitalist like that, well, but you know. <laughs> I, I guess, or maybe he comes around. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of Bill Gates talk in this episode, too. Bill Gates has so much money. He made Microsoft, nobody complained about that. Of course no one complained about it. Microsoft was a big thing. This is a big thing too. This is a really big yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> she's now the second richest person in the world. For some reason, yeah, Bill Gates and George Bush. Just to date this, yeah, Bill yeah. Gates and George Bush are the two people that get name drop the most in this show. You know, yeah, and Bill, yeah. <laughs> Akiva, what'd you make of Jared's meltdown? Because he's so mild mannered the whole show. Yeah, it almost like you barely see it, but he like wrecks the whole thing. Sort of, all, maybe possibly some of it off camera. And then, like, he ends up doing the apologizing, which I, he should. Like, he shouldn't have r- r- wrecked that story. Great apology it's... also from, from Jared to Devad. I guess I was Great wrong. Apology. Yeah. Well, we're only human. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to try that with my wife. Next time I get in tr- uh, you know, my wife is mad at me like, well, I'm only human. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that line was fed to- Yeah, because for some reason, yeah, he has just a total change of heart. We don't really see that. I'm sure, like... You know, Jared kind of seems like he has like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing going on where it's like, yeah, he's totally chill for this one moment. And then all of a sudden it comes up out of nowhere and Jared's pissed. And mm-hmm. Jared, I don't, yeah. Where did this come from? I don't know. Yeah. You talked about last week he gets bullied at school sometimes. So maybe that it's just like uh, he has this rage inside him ready to go. About fried like potatoes, how- <laughs> though. <laughs> I like how his parents were like, you know, he gets bullied at school. Let's send him on national TV. <laughs> Where he can hang out with 14 year olds. Like the 11 year olds, like throw him in a locker, but I'm sure the older kids are going to love him. Um, so we go to the journal, and the journal tells the kids about, like, hey, uh, w- back in the old days in Bonanza City, we would have like a gold rush. So go to this uh, mine, and you'll find something in there. There's some, there's some money in there. And Anjay, we talked about how in the last episode, he talked about how he wanted to blow up the garbage in the town with gunpowder. He also has uh, another dark thought about the trip to the, <laughs> the gold mine. I just hope we don't end up like the Donner Party, eating our own people. Akiva, <laughs> uh, yeah. were you expecting a Donner Party reference in Kid No, Nation? I mean, he's remember, he's younger than I am, and I feel like that <laughs> reference is too old for me. Almost. So, <laughs> Do no. you think that he got fed, no pun intended, uh, that line by the producers? Yeah, I think a lot of them are getting fed. Like, you, Jared, every line Jared says getting fed. I think, <laughs> I, 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 I think the confessionals are being fed. Yeah, some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't end up like the doctor. Just part. a very random pull quote. <laughs> okay. So then these kids go into this mine, and uh, they're talking about how the mine smells. And then Phil, there's like bats in the mine, also. 
Yeah, I the whole time I was thinking, all right, where did this where did this come from? I was wondering if this was like a part of the set because oh, Akiva, this is like a TV show. This was like they use this they use this set for like three ten to Yuma. Like they use it for mm-hmm. a lot of westerns and yeah. stuff like that. So like I was thinking, like all right, I guess this is just for like cave and mine sequences. But yeah, they have like real bats there. I don't know if they put them in there or if the bathroom is there. I I have no idea, but. I don't think uh, yeah. they put the bats in there. I, I can't. I can't imagine that there was actually bats because they say. I think they say if like a bat flies into your house, you're supposed to get the rabies shot. Mm-hmm. Bats can like sort of lightly bite you, and you don't even know. Yeah. Um, hey, so kids, I can't it's, imagine it's, they- uh, Uncle Rob from 2021. Bats <laughs> are not your friends. Okay. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> Man, good thing they didn't try to just eat eat the bats. No. You know, I, that, that would have been yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will say though, you know, I, I remember a, a few things from when I first watched the show when I was a kid. But this cave sequence, I remember, was like one of the big things. Like when I was watching this episode, I had like a flashback. Like I had one of those like ratatouille moments where I just like was transported yes. back to why? What was it about the cave, Phil? I don't know. It was just really spooky. <laughs> that, that's basically it. But yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Akiva, do you know that uh, Phil uh, really wanted to be on Kid Nation? That he was ready to apply for season two. Got is that canceled. true? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you I, were going to apply? Oh my gosh! My yeah. dad was hyping me up, but he wasn't like Melissa Denny, out. who was going to make a fake ID to say she was younger to be on it. Oh, was that her plan that yes. she was going to? Like, was she too old? She for was that? too oh, old. Wow. But Phil would have been. And Phil would have been uh, the right age to be on it. <laughs> fake ID going younger for a child. First of all, <laughs> do kids have IDs? She could have just lied. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what she was going to do. I don't think she the birth certificate. <laughs> Akiva, you know, you talk about like bad parents. Yeah. You you wouldn't bring your kids on on the show on Kid Nation. Yeah. So I asked my seven year old because he came in a bunch of times. He did ask once uh, a smart question, which is he he would he came in a few times during the sort of the rose ceremonies, like the like the 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 thing at the end where they where they give out the, you know here's yeah. the gold star and and who wants to go home and um so he said what if the kid go what if someone goes home and, like and they don't get the and they're gonna get the gold star which ended up happening in the next episode but. I said, would you want to be on the show? And he said, well, what do you have to do? And I said, well, you have to like live with a bunch of kids and have fun. Uh, and you know, like, and some of them cook and some of them yeah. clean. He's like, no, I'm, I don't like cleaning. I would not do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he would be cleaning. perfect. He was out. Kid would yeah. have been like Taylor. I don't know. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Melissa was going to like, uh, change her identity and like, uh, like alter her birth certificate to be on. She'd be like some sort of like a uh, Latin American baseball prospect. <laughs> Try to get, uh, picked up at like, uh, the younger age. And she really was. Pretty smart. Yeah. Adrian Beltran. Okay. So, uh, we find a treasure chest, and the treasure chest is filled with nickels. Uh, eighteen dollars worth of nickels, <laughs> Phil. Yeah, you know, for the pioneers, this would have just bought them the whole town. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it was very, yeah, it was an odd thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, and nickels too. Like they couldn't give them a dollar bill, like to really like hype it up, make it seem. But I guess you know they it wants they want it to be like an old treasure mm-hmm. thing or something i don't know <laughs> yeah and keep this brought up an interesting question for the town council all right budget surplus here found money what do we do here uh do we just hand it out to people like, in the form of like tax refund uh what what should we do yeah this is an interesting dilemma um i mean they end up choosing to buy things like it is interesting because like their their attitude is we know better than you if we give it to you mm-hmm. you're going to spend it on cookies and ice cream we know what you need better than you know what you need. So we're going to buy essentials 
is it made clear which essentials they bought i'm not so sure i don't remember so but they bought like th- guitars and like baseball bats <laughs> yeah you not by the way by the way yes the the things that the kids and would kites. have wasted their money on yeah and kites yeah, yeah. uh yeah like big, we don't see the government they, we don't see them. They don't buy like toilet paper. They don't. They no. literally buy none of that stuff. They, mm-hmm. We just see the kids like out and playing. Like I feel <laughs> like it would have been better for a team leader to just like just actually just give them the money and be like, "Here you go, guys, good job." But instead, they're like, "No, we we have to buy them the guitars." I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> maybe they got a discount for they bought them in bulk. Oh yeah, oh, maybe a government a ID card, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. But but the town loves it. The approval ratings are sky high for the new core four. Yeah, except everyone's ever having fun, enjoying it, except for Nathan. Nathan. You know? Nathan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nathan for us segment. Uh, meet a new kid here in episode seven. Nathan. Nathan is uh, the homeschooled laundry lover, Akiva. Nathan <laughs> loves doing the laundry. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? He really uh, is is very into it. Um, he also <laughs> he loves to do the laundry, and he also gets bullied by Greg Phil. You know what? Like you know, watching that interaction made me so mad, just because Greg is just you know he knows how to get to people. But it was also kind of like you know what, Nathan? Maybe this is good. You know that that you went on the show. It's, I think everyone kind of has to experience a school bully. You mm-hmm. know, it, it it's such a good growth thing. You know, not to be like he deserved to be bullied, but. Yeah. You know, why not? You know, having Greg bully you, it, it helps. It makes you a stronger person, you know? Uh, there's an awkward moment when doing the, Nathan doing the laundry. Uh, he finds a pair of uh, some, some girl's underwear in the laundry. <laughs> like, wait, what is this? <laughs> and then Sophia's like, you guys don't have to clean the underwear. And then like, we're Alex good. and Nathan are like, no, yeah, we got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're introduced also to Pharaoh in this episode. Phil, have we met Pharaoh before? Nah, I don't think so. I think we I got think so. maybe got a one interaction with him earlier. No, I don't. But I don't. I don't really think so. No. Yeah. Okay. Pharaoh is. Uh, he washes the dishes. He's set up here to maybe get a gold star in this episode. They really set him up. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. re- like they go into his backstory. Like they're like, oh man, he, he needs yeah, more. Pharaoh, he needs- he's desperate. <laughs> Pharaoh's family like needs his money. Uh, oh, by the way, he's going to lose to the kid who clearly does not need it and is going to buy guitar lessons with it at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's really the because you usually know who's going to get. Sometimes it's not even a secret, like with the DK episode where you yeah. knew DK was getting it. Uh, it was just a question of whether he was going to leave. Like so, it, they it, they pretty much let you know in a lot of the episodes who's going to win the gold star. Mm-hmm. But Pharaoh, this was the biggest shock of of this series so far. But yeah, Pharaoh, like the fact that they made it seem like Pharaoh really needs the money, and Nathan is like a homeschooled weirdo who's just going to use it to get to learn how to play the piano. Like Nathan should at least give Pharaoh half his money. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, it was really set up as Devad versus Pharaoh, the whole episode. And then even though we got a lot of Nathan, like he was not in the running for the gold star up until the very end. It was like a really big swerve. Yeah. For me, this was like the first like big blind side. Mm -hmm. I I would think where I was actually kind of shocked by the end. Um, yeah. Also, another weird thing that happens. This is a little bit earlier in the episode, but I really wanted to just like uh, touch on what was going on here. Where Sophia is, um, you know, she's she's talking. They again try to tie in the theme of greed. So Sophia, oh yeah, okay, is, is, this is great. W- wants the kids to, you know, be able to, you know, get their own money or something like that. And so she she gets a pot. And she fills it with like baked beans, condensed milk, like potatoes, oatmeal, and like rotting vegetables. And she like mixes it up and says it's like vomit. And she sticks like 
nickels down there and she's like all right guys like come and get it like what was she trying to do with that i don't understand yeah, yeah this was wild this was almost like she's like i'm doing a social experiment i'm gonna see just how greedy the human condition is i'm gonna put nickels at the bottom of this pot of vomit and see how many kids are willing to stick their hands in it akivo uh yeah. that uh did we learn anything well, I'll say a couple things. Like, this is the first episode, episode seven, where there's a few scenes that are just like really background exposition that would not be in a busier episode, like episode five or six. Like, no way would have made the cut, but maybe they had less meat on the bone this episode. With Sophia, she won and she won the first ever gold star. So she's essentially playing with house money the rest of the season. And like, who cares? They could kick her off the show. What does she care? She already got her 20 grand. Mm-hmm. So it is funny that Sophia is like, yeah, I'm just going to like, and I'm, she's also like the oldest girl there, I think. Like, I'm just going to yeah. do whatever I want and make these kids like go, you know, sca- you know, scavenging for, for, for 10 cents. It's pretty funny. <laughs> A lot of kids were into it, Phil. <laughs> yeah. You know, like reaching in vomit. Yeah. They, and they thought they bought it actually. They thought it was vomit and, you know, they were able to get their little money. Another thing, thing in this is, you know, she talks about how like she put in the rotting vegetables in there, which means the vegetables have already <laughs> gone bad. So you maybe should have gotten the dune buggy. That's all yeah. I'm saying. You know, <laughs> why, why didn't anybody just dump out the pot of vomit and then find the nickels? Yeah, I don't think these kids were really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have done that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we go back to Devad. Devad, we learn is the richest lady in town because she is the potato cooker. First off, uh, back to the, you know, the children in danger. Devad has been scalded by burning hot oil. She has marks on her face from where the oil has splashed Devad in the face. But, you know, she's just the working lady in town. Yeah, uh, actually, this is one of, I remember this was like one of the biggest issues at the time because... Right, like, so basically, after this happened and Devad went home, her she her mom saw like the scars on her face, and she like freaked out and sued CBS, and she said like she called like an investigation for like abusive acts to minors and like violations of child labor laws, mm-hmm. all this stuff, and this stuff came out like before the season came out, and so this was already like a big lawsuit that was going on before this before the first episode, so. That, I think that played a big part in the show getting Could've canceled. Could have given her a gold star, town council. <laughs> Would have smoothed over some of those lawsuits, well, I think. Something, I yeah. think they went the other way. It's a good point, Phil. I think they went the other way, which is they showed Devad specifically. And I think um, Mike or one of the, one of the people who, who did a Red AMA a bunch of years ago actually had this take, which was they specifically show the otherwise irrelevant scene of like, her cooking potatoes for 10 minutes, which has no bearing. And she's one of the more minor characters in the mm-hmm. first six episodes. Um, just to show that she got oil on her. And she's like, oh, and she specifically says like, oh, it's no big deal. I feel like the lawyers put that scene in just to <laughs> absolve them of any guilt, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally what a, guy, a kid on the show said that that was the word on the street. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, the lawsuit didn't go through. CBS won or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Akiva, that I know that uh, your daughter likes to cook. I mean, if uh, you sent her to Kid Nation, she came back with oil burns. uh, That Mm -hmm. that are you uh, furious about this, or is it? Hey, my wife would. My wife would go. uh, You want to make an omelet on on CBS? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they have no idea what would. All right, Uh, we have a challenge where we're going to shoot eggs out of a slingshot catch them in a pillow somehow blue has a system for this uh it's a, a lot of uh who cares right akiva 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I do like that they have like there is a team element to these challenges where if you don't get above X, and I think in this one it's like mm-hmm. seventy five or whatever the number is, uh, that you that like there's no uh t- you know team reward, but they really keep miscount like sort of miss um like sort of messing up the numbers where I believe every single episode so far, except for maybe one, they have they have passed the the mm-hmm. task right like they almost always get the yeah. bonus i think they want that to get the bonus yeah but, I, like, I but think... then but why make it the rule if they're never gonna fail mm-hmm. they did fail once they did fail in the first one you're right yeah just to give it i think probably like that like a little bit of the extra incentive for because mm-hmm. otherwise yeah. the final team would just be like who cares like i'm just gonna give up yeah um, right. i will okay. say though just to give a shout out to mallory mallory was killing it <laughs> in that showdown she was like on rebound like like <laughs> wilt chamberlain or something like that like she was catching them and but uh, she was awesome i just want to give a shout out yeah there's not a lot listening. of talk of challenge beasts that would be interesting to see like who are the actual mm-hmm. like, you know challenge beasts in this show yeah. Yeah. sometimes a- like the, the the teams with the younger people like do well sometimes. It's not really yeah based on like who. They're talking about strong. Greg and Blaine uh, have been dominant in some of the challenges, mm-hmm. but uh, not not always. Anjay, they said had a system also in this one. We were talking about earlier, also just like you know in the, in the in the challenge prior. I just want to just say this. Like Anjay was talking about how like oh I'm not good in the challenges because my bones aren't aren't they're still forming. Like he was <laughs> complaining about that. Like I'm sure he used that a lot <laughs> in his regular life. Oh I can't. Sorry, my bones are still forming. I can't. Mm-hmm. What is that? I Andre, wasn't Andre? I think he was like. Was, was, there's a couple of kids here who like went to college when they were like 15. So maybe he's like mm-hmm. always dealing with bigger kids. So even though here he's like in the middle ground, right in terms of age, uh, he's used to dealing with like being the little guy in school or something. <laughs> All right, we have I think maybe our dumbest decision yet here uh, because we have the choice between, as Jonathan calls it, he says, uh, "Well, let's talk money laundering. Uh, it's <laughs> about money." For your laundry. Okay, so they could either have washing machines that cost 20 cents, or they could all get new clothes, and then they get, like, a a different version of, like, some home washing machine. Akiva, am I crazy to say that that they should have just picked the washing machines and the dryer? Well, I think they were nervous about the expense. I think the kids want to spend their money on candy and stuff. They were nervous about the expense. They figured, like, all right. We don't do the wash anyway. The three teams that aren't doing the laundry, yeah. like that's the problem of the of the laborers. But uh, first of all, you said the dumbest decision. The dumbest decision was no offense. The religious books. <laughs> every single <laughs> kid was anti religion. Yeah, was like, it, or, the whole or pizza was that was or, what it was up. No, again? it was mini golf. They could have oh, played mini golf. Yeah, mini golf. <laughs> yeah, and like every single kid was like, religion is the root of all evil. Yes, we need the Bible and the Quran and the Torah. Like what? The, the, there was no reason why they chose that. Every single kid was anti religion. Not one kid showed up to the. But to the here's religious. my take on the washer and the dryer that. You're telling me each kid has a whole load of laundry to do? Like, get four kids, everybody throwing a nickel, and just get your clothes washed in the dryer. Yeah. They'll have like two shirts, right? Because don't they give them like a new shirt as part of it? Like, how much clothes? They don't have like a full suitcase, do they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also just the fact that, you know, 20 cents is a lot, you know, for like the laborers get paid like what? It's like 10 cents an hour. So, like, or not an hour, a week. So, you know, or is it a day? I don't remember. Um, but like they, they'd have to spend more than they're actually allotted to like, you know, it, it, I feel like they should have lowered in order to make it a fair comparison. They should have lowered the amount of money. Like it should have been like five cents or 10 cents to kind of give them some kind of choice or option. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, for me, it seemed like a no brainer for the other side, Rob, where it was like, I still get an upgraded like laundry machine. It's better than actually hand washing it. I know Nathan was upset, but you know, everyone else kind of loves the new like you know they have to like hand 
push or whatever this laundry um mm-hmm. and they get new clothes like come on like pick that one okay they're gonna pick the new clothes and the uh you know more advanced washing machine and uh mike seems happy about this it's pumped up it's a new right. workout yeah all right <laughs> so we see jared with a magnifying glass it's unclear what he's doing it looks like that he's gonna maybe kill some ants but apparently he is like etching like the power of the sun into wood and he sets up shop i don't know how he did this so quickly but he's opened up like a whole etsy store akiva of necklaces for people to wear in bonanza city were you impressed with jared from earlier in the episode when he flipped over devad's storefront to now he is uh, ready to run his own complete entrepreneurial enterprise yeah, first of all, Jared's like the king of getting a storyline in every episode. Like, we have all these people, uh, you know, like Divide in this episode <laughs> who we've never seen before. Who knows if we're ever going to see her again? Like, who, like, they have their one episode. Jared is like Taylor. Like, every episode has some Jared. Mm-hmm. He mentions the idea of the necklace. 12 seconds later, he's like <laughs> peddling them on the street and no one's interested. 30 seconds after that, he's somehow richer than Bill Gates because <laughs> people have bought them. I feel like this was the entire 40 days condensed into like 11 seconds here <laughs> of him like going from nobody wants his necklaces to everyone bought for all of their siblings uh and supposedly he was selling the rest on ebay and making money afterwards wow oh really look at jared what wikipedia says oh, wow. wow um check out jared after that he realizes that things are really turning up jared holy banana bread i made two dollars and ninety cents off of my necklaces i have a bonfire in my pocket and it's burning the g- to be spent <laughs> bonfire you, in my pocket do you think all the ladies who bought from jared they went home he went, like, to, jared. Oh my went God. to jared oh look at this <laughs> wow he went to jared Thanks for stealing my if joke. If there was a Kid Nation proposal, <laughs> yeah. they would have to go to Jared to get a oh, necklace. Oh, somebody post on Taylor's Instagram on the wedding proposal. Like, <laughs> uh, I, he went to Jared. <laughs> Please let us know. I think she likes them. I don't think she's like against the, the Kid Nation. Holy joke, banana okay bread. That's another good caption for that picture. Yeah. <laughs> bonfire in my pocket that's definitely one of those sentences that you start with an yeah. idea and then you kind of just yeah. have to finish it yeah <laughs> like, uh, like, oh, maybe the producers I... gave him a line and he forgot it and they're like all right we'll take we'll use it it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah akiva say to your wife tonight that you have a bonfire in your pocket uh, i'll be on the couch <laughs> uh phil have you ever heard the phrase holy banana bread before <laughs> no not even holy bananas holy banana yet. Bread. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now, i wonder if those were like his holy texts that he was thinking of like that they didn't include in mm-hmm. the challenge i yeah. don't know so <laughs> yeah maybe they should have done religious texts or a holy banana bread <laughs> akiva did you weigh in on banana bread no i don't have i mean i like banana bread but i didn't have a take on the banana bread in the show mm-hmm. yeah i just wanted to know if it was uh, i know you're a pie guy it's more of like a fruit cake yeah, I like banana bread. I, I wish, uh, if anybody's listening in, in my house, I wish someone would make me banana bread once in a while. But I don't really encounter it enough. Bread. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned also uh, more Bill Gates love from Jared. And the Bill Gates of Bonanza City people are saying. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's saying that Jared is the Bill Gates of Bonanza City. 
would the, is Bill Gates still like the catch all for like um, rich, rich guy? person? Or um, is it now Jeff Bezos? And now is it Elon Musk like this week since he passed Jeff Bezos? Oh, yeah. Because when I was a yeah. kid, like when I was their age, it was definitely Bill Gates. That was who yeah. we were all talking yeah. about. But. Unfortunately for Bill Gates, uh, that is not the number one thing that he gets associated with is his immense wealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, People bring him up on other things, which is uh, regrettable. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if um if Greg has opinions on Bill Gates right now or not. Well, I, we'll see. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I think um, Gylon probably has the best Bill Gates opinion. <laughs> um, then after this, okay. So uh, you see, Jared, he's got to figure out how to spend his money. He's got two dollars and ninety cents. And Akiva, I feel like that we see the wildest thing we've seen yet on Kid Nation because that Jared makes some insane choices for how to spend his money yeah i was like oh wow he could probably get such cool stuff and then flat you know smash cut to him getting like the 10 worst things in the store what does he buy (laughs) i don't know uh he comes out and he's looking like kramer in the technicolor dream coat uh here is jared walking through the streets of bonanza city No, I'm good. Thanks. I love this city, don't you? <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Did they make a eight-year-old kid out to be a pimp? Yeah, similarly to, you know, how Sophia was dancing in the streets episode one. I definitely think this was the producers being like, yo, like, put this into this kid. Like, Jared does not know what a pimp is. <laughs> did, they, did they dress Jared like this? They yeah, no, absolutely it's, did. The, the music choice is unbelievable. The, his, clo- his clothing choice. Again, clearly either them telling him to buy the stuff or him just being so obsessed with getting on camera. I mean, there's people... Like who who literally never have speaking roles. Like who's Madison? You know, we don't mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen them. Who's uh Brett? I don't think Brett ever speaks during the course of the show. Meanwhile, Jared's getting six segments a week. It's pretty wild. <laughs> so would you be more upset if your kid came home from Kid Nation with bodily harm like Devod, mm-hmm. or if you found out that the producers of this show dressed your son up as a pimp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get the pimp at it, mom and dad. Don't be mad. I was okay with it. They asked for my permission. I, you know, I said I'm fine dressing up like Kramer from, uh, you know, Seinfeld and being a pimp. <laughs> I do like just how much Jared is yeah. like, his story arcs are never like, like around the camp and like the improvement of, of the town or like the improvement of the community. It's always kind of Jared has his weird solo missions that no one else is really on. Yeah. And he's just going to be able to do doing his thing and they'll just capture yeah. it. Akiva, that, that's why I felt like that Jared, like, did they just get his whole story in pickups where it's like, Hey, we need yes. like uh, some with like a more cute kid to spice up the show. And they just did like one day of reshoots with Jared. That's a great point. Yeah. They called up his parents like, we'll get you a private jet. Yeah. You know, you could come. We just need to film like 12 hours with Jared doing stupid things because we're <laughs> short on episodes like four, six and seven. That's a good call. Yeah. He's the Jonathan Lipnicki of the aughts. <laughs> Did you know the human he- head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> yeah. I, know Jared, I mean, Jared's also hard to Google. He's got a pretty generic name, but like 
I am curious if Jared grew up to be like a big nerd or if he's normal now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. N- like th- not that many people have track of him. I don't think he did any like he never did yeah. like any interviews or anything like that. So who knows where he is right now? Akiba, are you ready for King of the Jareds on Renap? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's more of a 32 fan idea. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, let's then uh, go back to Gold Star talk. We see some more with Nathan uh, that Greg ends up apologizing to uh, Nathan, which, Phil, I-, I don't know if the producers prompted this or what, but uh, an about face from Greg. Yeah, it was very bizarre to just to see, because, you know, that, all Greg does, Greg finds the weak one and he picks on them. Like, he never <laughs> had, like, any, like, heart-to-heart with Mike or anything like that. I guess he just maybe felt bad just because... You know, Nathan isn't actually out there to hurt a soul. Like, Nathan's not trying to prove anything or show anything. Nathan's just being Nathan. But it was it was <laughs> one of the few touching moments we had with Greg, you know, where he's not talking about He's very hot and cold, Greg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the nicest kid, the worst kid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But who's getting the gold star? And Devad comes up with something that uh, we do not see normally on Kid Nation. This is like something that you see driving around Los Angeles around award season. She starts up with the billboards for for your consideration. <laughs> Devad for the gold star. Variety in the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, she's taking out some ads to say, hey, how about Devad for the gold star? She's campaigning for four people. It's yeah. not like it's a widespread vote. Like, you know what I mean? I guess people come in and say stuff, but like, it's really just a four people. Why is she doing this? Like, I think also the fact that Devod's whole episode arc has been like, she's making money on the side. It's probably not a good look to just also be asking for $20,000 when you're already kind of making your, she's your the richest woman money. in Bonanza City. <laughs> she is the she is actually the Bill Gates of Bonanza City. That's what I would say. Over she's Jared. a hardworking hustler. I mean, she's been scalded by the oil. Does not stop her from preparing snacks, Akiva, to hand out to the people as they were going in. She gets accused of bribery. She's like, no, I'm just being nice and handing out potatoes to people. That's what people do. Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't like. First of all, do they always get to wait on this insanely long 36 person line? And pitch their cases because I don't think we've seen it much where they're all waiting outside the sort of like little warehouse where the um, where the uh, the town council is is meeting and they get to basically nominate a person. And we haven't seen too much of that. But here you're just like going up and down that line and telling people who to you know to nominate her. Yeah, I feel like they do. They probably just don't show it every right. episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because, you know, just get a, a list of kids being like this person, this person. It's always this so person. cold also- when they're waiting on the line. You see like their breath always. What 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 was Devon? Because she because she was bringing out she had the potatoes, but then she had some kind of like tomato sauce or like where's she getting this sauce? I don't know. Or if it was I don't even know if it was sauce. If it was ketchup, I I, I was confused. And maybe the, it was no ketchup one was eating for it. the French fries. Maybe. Uh, maybe yeah, something. I guess. <laughs> you know, just hand, handing it all out. I like they get Devon in there and they say uh, Devon, who do you think deserves it? Well, I have to say me. I- <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, we keep we got that. I don't, I don't remember earlier in the show we were talking about someone doing the same thing, and I just never think that's the that's a good look. That's yeah, not a good I think campaign Greg did strategy. It earlier in the season, yeah, where he can, yeah he said he wanted it for himself. Yeah, like if like 
who I think Mallory had the perfect answer, you know, where she was like, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, everyone should get the money and mm-hmm. I would share it equally with everyone. Like, yeah, me, just Devon saying, you know, it's for me, I want the money. Like, I think I earned it. Like, all right, who are you, Devon? Yeah. Come on. Akiva, did you look up Devon? What is she doing now? Does she uh, own a business? Um, I think, remember, some of them, some of these uh, kids, especially the younger ones, are like, you know, just finishing college now. Mm-hmm. So, I, Devon's like 23, 24. I, I, uh, I think she's, she called herself um, a health informatist. I don't know what that is. Information okay. technology. <laughs> hmm. Health IT. Okay. Don't eat too many fried potatoes, maybe. Probably. She probably is <laughs> like, yeah, don't. don't and, and when you do, don't burn yourself. <laughs> Stay away from the oil. Okay. So we're still trying to figure out uh, who to give it to. Uh, we also, Greg is going to push for Nathan. He's not the coolest kid here, <laughs> but uh, he gets bullied and he works hard. Yeah, I mean, like, it seems like Nathan's whole, like, Nathan has been working hard from the beginning. Like, he's not that great television, so it makes sense we ha- why we haven't seen him. But I guess, you know, Nathan has been putting in the work, you know. I don't know who Nathan's real friends are in the, in the game or Nobody. in the show. So it seems like he's just kind of been putting all his energy on working instead of, like, mm-hmm. you know, building the relationship. So it also makes sense why Greg was the only person to actually nominate him, yeah. you know. All right, one more town council, and uh, the 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 new core four they've got a hundred percent approval. Everybody's liking them. Even Mike likes being a, a laborer. Nobody is bagging on Taylor here for the first time at one of these town councils. <laughs> Although Greg has to throw uh, Devad under the bus. Uh, Greg hates Devad, Phil. <laughs> People are just like mad that like Devad just is spending all day frying potatoes. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> why not? I guess no Devad and also. In the town council, she's like, well, you know, like, I do, don't, I don't just fry potatoes. I do other work too. Yeah. I did some laundry with Jasmine at that one time. And Jasmine mm-hmm. was like looking at her like, I, we never did laundry <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. Akiva, I love fried potatoes. Yes. They actually looked very good. I would have definitely yeah. eaten those. Why, why is everybody mad at the one girl that <laughs> wants to fry potatoes all day? Mm hmm. It's five cents. Yeah. Just, uh, buy them or don't buy Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, but. Sadly for Devad, um, she does not get the gold star. It's Nathan. What what an upset, uh, Akiva. Could you believe it? Uh, yeah, this is, like we said, the biggest upset so far. Um, you know, and you wonder if the people who, like, sort of lose, because it felt like early on, like, the person who would be, would be, like, the, the, the second vote, like, the, um, you know, the person who sort of came in second place would get it the next mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, Devad will get it, you know, next time, but. Uh, yeah, Nathan was a big shocker, but maybe they're like appeasing these kids to make them stay. Maybe it's like, all right, Nathan, you're going to leave. We'll give it to you. Same thing you think with DK so? last week. I they don't know. Maybe maybe that's how it works. They bribe Nathan to stay? Possible. Yeah. Not yeah. that Nathan's such great TV. <laughs> he, he, he was not. Uh, Nathan puts a call into his uh, mom and uh, yeah, it's, and sister can't believe it either. No one can. They gave, they gave it to you, Nathan? Wow. Yeah. That's shocking. <laughs> You know, between, you know, Devod, Nathan, and, you know, um, Pharaoh, like, who, who would you guys have given the, the gold star to? Because this one kind of seemed like a, like, there was no real answer. Like, I don't know why Nathan, I guess Nathan does work, but is that it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't yeah. know who I, I would I give Farrah it to. Pharaoh was the obvious choice. I think Devod's, like, business probably disqualifies her this week. And Nathan didn't really, and they kept talking about, like, how Nathan is, like, unlikable and weird and different. <laughs> But they didn't really explain it other than that he's homeschooled. Like, does he smell bad? Like, what, like, what, does he have bad breath? Like, what is exactly like so, um, 
negative about Nathan that like he's so different from everybody else. He's the most different person there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they didn't really explain that, but I would definitely would have given it to Pharaoh. They, they really made it seem like it was a layup. And again, we didn't know. Maybe, maybe he was, you know, a lot of, a lot of these people were clearly campaigning at this point for the 20 grand, I'm sure. Okay. Let's take some questions from the listeners. Uh, we've had a thread in the Rob's Podcast patron uh, Facebook group uh, for these episodes. Uh, let me ask a couple of these questions. Mel Hurst wants to know, what was worse, Taylor dumping out the water buckets or Jatia pouring rice on the fire? I mean, I would probably say Jatia dumping out the, the, you right. know, the rice just because, you know, no one expected Taylor to do anything anyway. It's like, <laughs> we all knew, like, you know, this water that Taylor was carrying, it was not for the team. It was just a punishment, you know? They, and even Taylor couldn't follow through on that, which is just perfectly Taylor. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I recently watched that episode. That's one of the episodes that's on Netflix right now. I recently watched that. That's a bigger moment than uh, Taylor, who has mm. uh, many moments, but that is Jatia's uh, signature moment on the show, dumping out the rice. But Jatia could have added a deal with it at the end of it, and it would have been even bigger. Oh, yeah. She would have come back if that, that happened, if she said deal with it. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Emma wants to know, has anybody read Olivia's book she recently wrote about Kid Nation? I just bought it. Um, Phil, have you re- read Olivia's book? <laughs> you know, I was Olivia's just, just getting to it, you know. <laughs> and there's nothing I would want more. Is, is it just about, like, is it about Kid Nation? Is it about her life? I don't like, think it's her memoir. <laughs> I think it is about I think it's mostly about Kid Nation like I was on her Instagram it, it says like I wrote a book about you know when she first wrote it, it's like a pamphlet it's like it's 216 days and I wrote is it, it all like, during the anti Anjay propaganda <laughs> it might be <laughs> I would I would like to hear Emma's review I, you said Emma uh, bought it I would like to hear a review for her next week's show of, let us know the, like the five or ten bullet points of the book what are the interesting things we missed because mm-hmm. even Wikipedia doesn't have the stuff about her book like nobody clearly nobody bought it because like some of the other some of the other sort of articles and stuff, you know, have, have filled in blanks, but nobody has really gotten to it. So mm-hmm. be the first person to read it. Uh, Chris Snyder wants to know, uh, what are the odds that the pigs probably pooped in the beans pool? <laughs> uh, I mean, 150 million yeah. percent. That's why they added the beans, so they wouldn't be visible on camera, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think, too. You know, we had, you know, Alex digging in it, like, dig- oh, man, this is disgusting. I mean, <laughs> should they forfeit the challenge? Shouldn't they forfeit the challenge and be like, you know what? I'll be a laborer this week. Doing your laundry is for a week is much less gross than this. Like, what, <laughs> like what's the best case scenario yeah. here? Uh, Maria Perez uh, wants to know, Phil, is there anything about the show that you remember reacting more strongly to as a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid, I just, I guess it, w- it was that cave thing that I remember, like, re- like really being like, oh man, this is really scary. Um, and I guess not reacting. I remember very few things, but I remember Taylor being the biggest, like, I, Taylor was, like, the most evil person I've ever seen in my entire, like, <laughs> I've never, like, I didn't know that much about the world, so Taylor was, like, yeah. the ultimate root, like, she was the root of all evil, over grief, <laughs> and, but I think that t- even translates, you know, to now. I don't know if there was, there wasn't that much that, like, when I was a kid, I kind of thought the show was more normal, and, yeah. like, I didn't actually really consider how absurd and how, like, terrifying and how poorly conceived the show was, you know? Akiva, did you watch this in the real time, or did you watch it at some point in between when it aired and now? I watched it in the real time, yeah. uh, but I didn't watch every episode from what I remember. I think I definitely started. I don't think I made it all the way to the end. 
<laughs> All right. I, I agree. Taylor is not even 1% as evil of a character as, as <laughs> I, people probably remember. Yeah. I remember also the chicken murdering, too. That was really crazy. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. From earlier in the season. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Then we got this question from John John. All right. Are you ready for this, Akiva? Okay, John John wants to know which kid is Akiva like and can't do easy chores. Uh, can I say Taylor? Who like it's not that I can, it's that I won't. <laughs> yeah, your shoes are untied. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with mm-hmm. it. That's what I say to everyone who wants me to do stuff. <laughs> okay, how about um, strategically speaking? Is diving headfirst into the beans actually helpful? From uh, Nick Fishman. I'm surprised he didn't hit his head. Like I, I was, <laughs> I, I didn't know it was that deep. Like he really went in there. Like I mean, it's Greg, so mm-hmm. it's like you know, well, he, well, you know, I'm sure he's not. I don't know. I'm sure it didn't hit him that much, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, David Schwartz wants to know: Could Akiva survive as well as the kids on Kid Nation? Akiva, would you like have been a, a helpful part of the uh, community? A grown-up Akiva. You're saying <laughs> yeah, now I go yeah. there, and I'm like the one grown-up. <laughs> Uh yeah, I think I mean I can do the dishes. I would help out there. I'm I'm not above doing manual labor. There you know, there's things I'm not would good at. Would the kids be able I'm, to wake you up? It would be a big problem. I would be I would be like I will do my chores, but I'm doing them starting at 11 a.m. Not your ridiculous 6:30. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Akiva, you're gonna lose sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you would be able to persuade the kids to give you the gold star? I think because I'd set the bar so low, and then one week I'd like really be like. <laughs> The eighth, the most, the eighth, eighth most helpful person on the team, and they'd give it to me. They'd be like, "Wow, big improvement from Akiva this week." Like last week, he overslept <laughs> the at like he overslept the uh, the showdown. And yes. He missed it completely. Yes. And How do you he, think the phone call would go when you phone home to Mara? <laughs> it's like, "Hey, Mara, um, uh, you know, I want a gold star. It's worth twenty thousand uh, dollars." She'd be like, "All right, you're gonna need it." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which team would you have been on? Do you think? Which, like, which color, or, or yeah, would which, I have been which, like a labor? Which group of kids do you think you would have been with? Oh, um, I, I, I think I like the yellow team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I think I'm a fan of the yellow. You'd team. be with Greg would have bullied me. <laughs> would you take orders know. from Zach? Well, I, I think Zach, who's in the Jew crew, I probably get along better with him than uh, mm-hmm. than Taylor. Taylor really would have just like read me to filth. <laughs> she would have rocked me, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> deal with it yeah um all right <laughs> then let's see uh one last question from nick fishman uh the jared pimp outfit scene ranks as my favorite moment of the show where does it rank for the panel uh phil does that stand out for you as uh your favorite moment of the series it's definitely not but it's just like one of those small little nuggets that is just like you know it's total producer manipulation, but that's also what makes the show great. I'd definitely say it's actually it's a small little moment. I'd say it's like maybe top twenty. There's there's some good moments in this show. Mm. It's not a big ones. Okay. Akiva. Anything else you want to say about Kid Nation? No, I really I, I wasn't like super looking for I was looking forward to the podcast, but le- like I thought we'd like be just be donking on the show. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely good parts of the show I really do like Kid Nation. I am gonna sort of finish with you guys and listen to the podcast. Oh, great. And and uh, I really, uh, I, I enjoyed my my binge today. You know, I wish, I think it's time to bring Kid Nation back. I think you could do it now. You think so? Maybe, maybe like, ultimately, like, the parents have to be on site. You know what I mean? Like they do on MasterChef Junior. It's but, not realistic to have, 
to have 40 kids like and i think they like legally call themselves a summer camp to get away with it because otherwise the kids are working <laughs> and they can't be acting this is yeah. like such a scam because my take but, the uh, whole way through has been they could never do this now right. so i our- think they'd have to do it with with the lawyer approval but i i think the show would be good and my kids would love it. I don't, if the parents are there though though then like where's the drama like I, where's the like are the parents also living in bonanza city no in, in i think the they're not one? interacting with them but i think it's like they're like for legal purposes maybe right. there's like an hour of school a day the fact that they did this <laughs> like phil mentioned during the school year is so crazy that that they're like that because you're also like self-selecting like the biggest loser families in the world that would like let their kids do this <laughs> for five thousand dollars versus like in the summer at least every kid is available you're saving money. Like I was going to, you know, mm-hmm. my kid was going to s- stay home all day after I spend, ba- you know, send him a <laughs> camp, a get point. a babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Akiba, did you learn anything interesting about uh, any of the kids that we haven't touched on in your research? Um, I really researched the main ones. I, it doesn't seem like I, I think they're pretty well adjusted. Like there are some child prodigies. I think Anjay is is in, in one of the big tech places like Google. I think that there was no like disasters really of, of the kids I found. There's nobody who's like a complete nightmare and has a rough go of it in life. So that was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like after the show, like CBS did kind of have like a, like a lot of like psychology, like they, I don't know, they had like therapists talking to the kids and helped them just go navigate kind of back into yeah. normal Let's life. Hope. So. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what they were supposed to do, but I wouldn't, I'm not <laughs> that confident that that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been a wild ride through Bonanza City. We still have two episodes of this podcast left to go. Next time out, we will cover episodes 8, 9, and 10 of Kid Nation. And then we will have this all wrapped up by the final week of January, where we'll talk about episodes 11, 12, and 13 on the RHAP Rewind, uh, looking back at Kid Nation. Phil, anything else you want to say about these episodes? Uh, Not that much. I would just say, like... You know, now we're kind of getting into a little bit of the slog, but also like this is where we're we're still going to get a lot of exciting moments. But this is where the kids are kind of getting used to the show and they're kind of like getting just more and more frustrated Mm -hmm. and pent up. And it's it's exciting. I'm excited to cover the next few episodes. Okay. Some interesting stuff. All right. Phil. I know that you are always watching new movies and, and rating them. Do you have any recommendations for the audience? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I'm so late on stuff. I just watched this. Sh- I watched Chernobyl for the first time. I don't know if, if probably everyone's already seen it, but if no one has, you know, mm-hmm. brilliant show. It's an amazing show. Um, that's kind of the big thing I've been working on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's a more depressing show, Chernobyl or Kid Nation? Oh, absolutely, Kid Nation. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no doubt. It's definitely like, come on. Like, there's, <laughs> would you it, rather be burned I, by like ra- radioactive fire or jump in those beans and <laughs> big boot? <laughs> Oh man, why didn't they do like a Chernobyl themed like episode of Kid Nation or something? <laughs> All right, kids, you have a choice. You can have a nuclear power plant right <laughs> in Bonanza City or Pop Tarts. <laughs> One will run Bonanza City for 10,000 years, the other is a quick filling breakfast. <laughs> Has that guy worked since then? No, I didn't really not, on him camera, up. not on no. camera. Not on camera. Okay, I think that's it for him. <laughs> yeah, Akiva, mm-hmm. host of three and a half podcasts. Uh, what mm-hmm. else is going on uh, in Akiva Nation? 
Uh, yeah, fun episode of NGOG this week. We're almost at the end of season one. Uh, yeah, what do you think about fans? Keeve Nation, like a uh, Kid Nation? Yeah, we could do Keeve Nation. Mm-hmm. Well, how would that work? I invite like 40, 40 <laughs> oh, people. I was, I was just saying to... that could be like your followers. Oh, yeah, my followers are part of Keeve <laughs> Nation. Now, but, sure. but let's pitch the reality show, Keeve Nation. 40, mm-hmm. 40 people. Is it adults? Or? Yeah, let's, let's make it adults. 40 people. Yeah, there's like uh, 10 nappers, 10 people who are always on the internet, 10 people who are like almost always eating. I don't are know those the like one. the and 10 people ranks in society where it's like the people yes, that come in yes. first place, those are the nappers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the nappers. So none of them like, do work or whatever. They're just like, if you'll be on the napping team. And <laughs> yeah, you know, you nailed it. None of them do work. That yeah. is true. Podcasting, hey, I guess, is work, technically. That's right. Uh, yeah, Robin and Kevin need a podcast. Last week we did X. This week it, we're going to be watching... Kazam or Shazam, I never remember which one. The movie with Shaquille O'Neal with our buddy Third Wheel Zach and um Yeah, we're watching Kazam. The Mandela Effect movie. Shazam is uh is a different genie movie. Okay. Well that's the Mandela Effect movie. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I, I know. I just I, I like to I like to pretend that it's real. Oh. <laughs> it might be real. Um I just it's just not on IMDb. Um yeah, and 32 fans, we did football picks and we also with Sinbad on the Patreon cast did uh, we we ranked the we ranked the movie we ranked the months of 2020, which we had been meaning to do. From uh, you know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we ranked That's the 12 months of 2020. Yeah, yeah. And Chester's Chester's like uh, logic was much different than mine. It was like, well, you know, like some like C-list celebrity died, so like you have to move this down. Whereas <laughs> for me, it was just like, was I trapped in my home, like mildly stuck? Was or, it like, for you personally or for the leave? world? The well, rankings. he did it for the world. Like, well, he, this was an impeachment. Like, for me, it was like, no, March has to be the worst because, like, March Madness was canceled and mm-hmm. I was not legally allowed to leave my house. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Very subjective. Yeah, wait, was it, like, best in terms of, like, like, what, what wait, yeah. Was it, yeah. like, what hey, was best? Like, what's best? 32 mean? fans patron, Phil, if you want to find out. <laughs> no, the best, I think the, the best tease. month of the year was very easy, Phil. It was January and February. <laughs> <laughs> the ones. The ones where we didn't know what was going to hit us. But which, like, was, uh, which, which was one and two? Like, which was one, which was two? Um, I think February probably oh, beat January. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, no, I mean, for people, like, I think Kobe died in January. Like, the whole year was bad. Like, don't think there was a good month in there. But, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, January and February, at least we had a little bit of fun. We got to leave our house. You saw a human being. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And uh, what, what's going on at NGOG? Uh, we're we're almost done with season one. We're uh, we're we're really flying through only two more years, and we'll be done with the whole series. Okay, all right, uh, great stuff. Having a lot of fun here on the Kid Nation rewatch. Uh, that we are going to be back next week. Of course, if you missed episodes uh, one or two and want to go back and listen, you go to Rob's website at slash Kid Nation one or Kid Nation two for episode number two of this series. I am also uh, doing our countdown of the top. 40 all-time Survivor seasons. This week, we talked about the 39th best season of all time, Survivor Redemption Island. I will tell you why it is the 39th best season, but it's not because of Boston Rob. Check it out as we talked about it with Frail Mary, Mary Kwiatkowski, and Jason Reed on the all-time season countdown this week. And next week, we'll talk about the 38th best season of survivor thank you so much for listening to uh this podcast of course uh, and thank you to all the support of the robbins podcast patrons find out more about everything we're doing in our patron podcast feed uh, and everything else at robbinswebsite.com slash patron take care everybody have a good one bye
Support for this podcast comes from Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. 